Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go. Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Good to be with you. Streaming online at supertalk.fm, wherever you're listening, however you're listening or watching. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross and Michael Borky on a Friday. Brian Haydad is off once again. We haven't heard from him today, but we assume that he's doing just fine down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, the ceasefire text line is open to you. It's already got some activity. 601-879-4395 is the number if you would like to be a part of the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Bull. There's a lot of it in wireless, but Ceasefire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. Here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, $45 each with auto pay and paperless billing. No bull. Ceasefire.com. You have college baseball going in the SEC this afternoon. They are playing a doubleheader today in Columbia, South Carolina to get ahead of the storms that are expected in that area tomorrow. And South Carolina has just taken a 3-2 to two lead in the bottom of the sixth inning over number 1 Arkansas. Those two teams got their series started last night with Arkansas winning 6-1. to one. And you had the series between Ole Miss and LSU get started last night. LSU got game one, five to four. We will completely unpack that game and we will, uh, we'll do it with some help as well. We're obviously going to talk about it a lot with you this afternoon. Ben McDonald is going to join us in just a few minutes. The former number one overall pick and the college baseball analyst for the ESPN and the SEC Network will talk not only about Ole Miss LSU with Ben, but also about Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, who begin their three-game series tonight. And then uh, a little bit later in this first hour, we will um, talk with uh, Teddy Cahill from Baseball America and get a uh, full rundown of what's happening this weekend in the SEC, what he's looking for, and what he expects so, let's dive in. Borky, what's up? Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. Uh, there's a, it's just one baseball game, and usually there's only so much you can take away from one baseball game, but I think because of what has happened the last three weeks going into this, a lot of people were kind of on edge already, and I think we're seeing some revisionist history, or maybe that's not the best way to put it, um... A lot of hindsight in the reaction today to the outcome of this game and certain decisions that were made. So, I mean, if you listen to the show Monday, I was highly critical of the decision to go to Mallets instead of Taylor Broadway on Sunday in Starkville. That was not a hindsight thing. That was a bad decision in the moment. Last night, Although I haven't seen many people all that critical of going to Broadway, but he goes to Broadway at the right time. That was the right decision. It just didn't work. Your best arm, you have a two-run lead. He's given you extended innings before. He's a shutdown guy, and last night he just didn't shut down LSU. 
it happens. Also, not bunting in the ninth inning. Everybody's screaming today about, why didn't you bunt? Why didn't you bunt? Why didn't you bunt? You should have bunted. Well, first of all, everybody used to be highly critical of Ole Miss for bunting too much a few years ago. This team doesn't really do it. Arkansas doesn't really do it. Neither does Mississippi State. They, they haven't gotten anywhere this year bunting. It's not their thing. You've got runners on first and second with nobody out and a true freshman at the plate who's a 330 hitter. He very likely has never bunted in a meaningful game, maybe ever. I assume he was the best player on his high school team, if not one of the best. You don't bunt the best players in high school. And again, he's a true freshman at Ole Miss, so you don't even know if he's going to be good at it anyway. And it's very easy in hindsight to, sh- to say you should have bunted your 330 hitter in favor of a guy that's down in the 260s in conference play with a high strikeout rate. Maybe if Leatherwood was still in the game, I'd see it. But not bunting McCants there... It's only a mistake in people's eyes because it didn't work. Not because it's what you should have done. I mean, I got a text last night. In T-ball, they they would know better. No, I'm sorry. It's a 330 hitter. He just didn't get a hit in that moment. But it was not a bad decision. It's only a bad decision because you're looking at it in hindsight and it didn't work. And that's how you're evaluating it. Instead of in the moment, let him swing. Your point about what Ole Miss is in terms of sacrifice punts, they are not. They are not that. Ole Miss has played 38 games this year. You know how many sacrifice bunts they've got this season? You care to take a guess? Less than five, I'd guess. Fewer than they five. They have two. Yeah. Two sacrifice bunts this year. It's just not the way this team is constructed. They don't run a lot. They don't pressure you on the bases a ton. They hit for average as a team. Through 38 games, they are hitting 300. Home run numbers are just okay, 44 of them on the year. And that's just not what they do. If you say, okay, what is this Ole Miss team? They are a team that swings it well, that is okay in the power game. They don't hit that. I mean, Ole Miss has a gazillion singles this year. About two-thirds of their hits are singles. And I don't know exactly what your percentage needs to be with extra base hits, but you'd like for it to be a little bit higher than it is. As a team, Ole Miss is slugging 467. On-base percentage is pretty good. So, um, can you... Look, I... Situational bunting, I do think, still has a place in baseball. And if you're talking about a situation, that probably is the situation where you lay one down. But if that's not your identity as a team, it's not what you do, it's not what you have done, and you've had success in the way you're doing things. And and look, I know Ole Miss is not playing great baseball right now, but they have had success doing what they do. And the team don't bunt people, and the analytics people, you, you, you can't have it both ways. If, if you're not into the bunt, and then you don't bunt in a situation where you think it makes sense to bunt, you, you can't go, oh, you should have bunted. Again, I do think there is still a place for it, and if you were going to have that as part of your repertoire, that was probably the spot. Down one, bottom of the ninth inning, 
try to get two guys into scoring position, and then you hit a sacrifice fly to tie the game. Or you hit a ground ball on the right side of the infield to tie a game, and it takes away the double play opportunity. I certainly see the argument, but you're looking for a productive at-bat from T.J. McCants. And it didn't work out. I I agree with you, Borky. I I think the decision-making in last night's baseball game, I think for the most part it was handled the right way. If you want to argue that they should have bunted there in the bottom of the ninth inning, I'm okay with it. I absolutely am. They were playing for the win as opposed to just being trying to get it to extra innings. That and again, it'd be different if you if if healthy Leatherwood was there, maybe that changes things. But you've got a high strikeout guy in Plumley after that, and a very high strikeout guy in Harris after that. Yeah, and they both. I mean, you know, they all three of them struck out, but they both struck out, and, and that's the ball game. So yeah, their approaches may be different. Of I mean, I'm sure they would with runners on second and third instead of first and second, but. Those guys didn't produce either. So you're telling me, well, they should have bunted just to have two strikeouts and end the game anyway. So it ends, and there is a ton to talk about. I think maybe the biggest storyline is Derek Diamond got an inkling that he might be pitching yesterday at 1.30, and at 3.30 it was confirmed to him that he was going to be the starter. So... Three and a half hours before game one of a big series at home against LSU, he finds out he's going to he's gonna pitch, and he goes out and he delivers the best performance since his first start of the year. Since his outing against Texas in the opening weekend down in Arlington. Derek Diamond was fantastic last night. Six innings, four hits, three runs, only one of them earned. Ole Miss was bad defensively. They got better as the game went along, but good grief, three errors in the top of the first inning that directly led to two runs for LSU, that is no bueno. Not a good way to start the game. Especially a game that turns out to be a one-run game. You had a ball that was close, deep down the right field line from Hayden Dunhurst that he thought was a home run. The umpire called it foul. I have no idea. From where I was sitting, I was sitting on the third base side, but was not quite down to the third base bag. From where I sat in real time, it looked foul. But I tend to lean on the reaction on the field. But that said, you got an umpire that's a third of the way down the right field line who is squatted on the line, and he is watching nothing but the baseball in relation to the foul pole. What did they say on TV? Did they think it was a home run or did they think it was a foul ball? We didn't have great angles on television. Uh, they thought that it was a home run. And I think Tom and DeLucci were both right in saying if the students throw their beers, they probably get the home run. Huh. I, I think that might be right, though. See, I mean, think about it. It's so wow. questionable if everybody in right field – I mean, DeLucci even was like, yeah, you know, if they throw, if they do the beer shower, he might be running around the bases right now. So LSU gets game number one. Devin Fontenot was good out of the bullpen. Dylan Cruz, that fabulous freshman, hit the big two-run bomb in the seventh inning to put LSU on top, and they stayed on top and got a game one win. We'll talk more about it with Ben McDonald next on the Farm Bureau phone line. From the Venable Glass Traffic Center, I'm Patty Steele. Venable Glass with two locations in Ridgeland and Brandon, locally owned and operated with free mobile service in the Tri-County area. Taking a final look this morning, we are working an accident, I-220 and Medgar Evers southbound. Expect delays if you are in the area. 
If you see problems, contact your local law enforcement. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you. Proudly serving the metro area since 1946. Call Smith Brothers, 601-353-5217. If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully. At Clinton Body Shop, we are OEM factory certified with more than 20 national and international manufacturers. In fact, we are Central Mississippi's only Volvo certified auto body repair shop, and we are the first BMW certified independent repair facility in the southern region. And our Richland location is Mississippi's only Subaru certified repair facility. Look, if some of the most prestigious automakers in the world certify Clinton, Body Shop, shouldn't you choose them for your repair? Clinton Body Shop in Clinton and Richland. Certified by the company that made your car to repair your car with OEM factory parts. Go to ClintonBodyShop.com. It's about your family's safety and your car's value. That's ClintonBodyShop.com. Richland Mitsubishi is your truck and Jeep headquarters. Yep, you heard that right. Your truck and Jeep HQ. Whether you're looking for a two-wheel drive, 4x4, or a diesel, come check out our amazing truck selection. Every brand, every size, lifted and customized. We've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hard Tops, Soft Tops, lifted and kitted Jeeps for you to choose from. We're sure to have exactly what you're looking for. Because we are your truck and Jeep HQ. That credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Plus, bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. What are you waiting for? Get to your truck and Jeep HQ at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road, call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're a Gallo here for the professionals at Watkins Construction and Roofing. I got to know these guys over the summer when just about everybody in the neighborhood replaced roofs from a spring storm. To keep a small roof problem from getting bigger, call the pros that can find damage the untrained eye can't. Watkins Construction and Roofing, the state's largest roofer. And there's a simple reason for that, customer satisfaction. Get a free inspection and they won't ask for upfront deposits. 601-966-8230. WatkinsConstructionInc.com Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross and Michael Borky. Hey, Dad is off today. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Ben McDonald on your radio right now, college baseball analyst with uh, SEC Network and uh, ESPN. He's also an analyst on the Baltimore Orioles television network, former number one overall pick. Ben, happy Friday. What's up, my man? Happy Friday to you, Richard. Hope all is well, man. Everything's good over here. Had a ball game last night and just kind of hitting the reset button today and uh, getting ready for a ball game to, uh, tomorrow as well. 
Had one in Oxford last night as well. LSU gets a 5-4 to four win over Ole Miss. Give me a big-picture thought on that game, then we'll drill down on some of the things that happened as it unfolded. Well, I mean, I was doing a ball game, so I was able to catch from like the seventh inning on. And, of course, that's when uh, you know LSU put three on the scoreboard in the top of the seventh at Dylan Cruz. I think it was a two-run shot. You know, they yep. put them up by one, and Fontenot would, would hang on. But, look, LSU's playing for their postseason lives right now, right? I mean, we, we know that they're fighting in the SEC against Missouri. Of course, Auburn and A&M and LSU's all battling for those final two spots just to be into the SEC tournament. So that's really, if you talk about LSU, that's the only, you know, uh, avenue they have of getting to the NCAA tournament. they got to get to the to, to the conference tournament first. They've got to do well there and hope like hell they kind of sneak in, you know, but a lot's going to happen here these last four weekends of, you know, four or five weekends of SEC play. So who knows? But right now, LSU certainly on the outside looking in. Um, you know, Ole Miss is, uh, is wanting to host, right? They're, they're going to be a regional host, but they want that national seed too, and they got to get going, you know, and, uh, tough loss for Ole Miss last night. I mean, uh, uh, the defense wasn't great. I saw there was a couple of unearned runs. Derek Diamond only gave up one earned run in, you know, in Broadway, who's been just unbelievable this year, of course, gives up the, the two-run home run. So a tough loss for Ole Miss. A lot of Monday morning quarterbacking over the way the bottom of the ninth inning played out. Uh, Ole Miss got a leadoff walk from Dunhurst, and Justin Benson gets a single through the right side of the infield. So first and second, nobody out. Uh, the analytics guys love to tell you never bunt, never bunt, never bunt. But right. when you end up... I think it's depending on who you have to play. If it's me, I probably bunt in that situation. But look, if the next two guys strike out, it don't matter anyway, right? I mean, you can yeah. bunt them over for one out. If the next two guys punch out, it, it was all for nothing anyway, you know? So I don't know if there's a wrong or a right in that situation. I think it's just a, a coach's feel for the game. Ben, when you look at this Ole Miss team, uh, you know, they, they, they sweep back-to-back series to start league play against Auburn and Alabama. And, you know, Auburn's not very good, and Alabama's pretty okay. But since then, they've lost three series in a row, and now they're down 0-1. In terms of identity for, for Ole Miss, what do you see as this Ole Miss's team's identity as they're kind of trying to find themselves a little bit as they start the, sec- uh, the second half of the season? Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, if you look at Ole Miss's numbers, right? out, And I was looking at them in SEC play and, and overall. I mean, overall, second in the league in batting average, only behind Vanderbilt runs per game, only behind Arkansas. Matter of fact, Ole Miss leads. When you talk about conference play alone, they lead in runs per game, which is hard to do. So the offense has been a good one, even with the big injury over at third base or first base at the time, you know. And so uh, the pitching staff, you know, I, I, you know how I love Doug DeCasey. I think he's one of the best, and he's shown that since he's come back. You know, so you run Hoagland out there in DeCasey, you know, and you hope Derek Diamond or whoever you run out there on Sundays can be good. Of course, it was reverse order, you know, this week. But I still love the pitching staff. Now, I know the bullpen hasn't been great. Bridging it to get into the back end hasn't been great as of late for Ole Miss. But, look, it's – if you go back and look at some of the games, and I had one of their games, it's been so many close losses and so many plays like last night that could have gone either way, you know. And so I don't think the folks in Oxford should be counting Ole Miss out. I think there's too many pieces of puzzle here, and we knew this league was going to be what it is this year. That, that You know, one base hit, one ball caught, one pitch made. It's a difference in a lot of games down. It's a difference in winning and losing the series down. I feel like that's where kind of Ole Miss has had a little bit of bad luck in that regard, you know, because I still think they're one of the top teams in the country, and I still think Ole Miss has a real shot, you know, to get to Omaha. Let's move four hours to the north. Game one coming up tonight with Vanderbilt and uh, and Mississippi State. Bulldogs have been red hot. 
Vanderbilt has been red hot all season long. They had the one hiccup against Georgia a couple of weekends. How good potentially is this series going to be this weekend? Well, I think it's going to be really good. You know, a McLeod and a Rocker matchup uh, says pretty good stuff on Friday night to start there. You know, you're talking about an offense in Vanderbilt, as you mentioned, has been just really solid all year long, one of the tops in the SEC all year long. I mean, one through nine, they, they put some pressure on you. Uh Mississippi State's offense, though, I'm going to tell you now, and we've been saying it about State. We knew the pitching, right? The pitching is as deep as anybody's uh, from start to finish, the bullpen, all that stuff. But if the offense could somehow begin to match what that pitching staff was doing, they would be a scary team. And that offense is starting to get going a little bit now, you know. And so I love this matchup. I would not be shocked at all uh, the way Mississippi State played. They went up there, they won two out of three. Now, that's a big ask, you know, because when you got to yeah. face Rocker and Leiter uh, at home, it's a big ask, right, to, to, to be able to do that. But Mississippi State's playing pretty well right now. And I just feel, I mean, I don't care who it is. I mean, when you talk about, you know, the SEC, and, and Tennessee, you know, has been solid for me, too. I want to see a little bit more of Tennessee, but I really feel like Vanderbilt, I really feel like Arkansas, Mississippi State, no Miss, if they're playing their best ball when it matters the most toward the end of the season, these are all Omaha teams and teams that could win the national title. You know, and I don't know if I'm ready to put Tennessee there yet. They're having a phenomenal year. I just don't know that they've been there enough yet to, to, to be able to lock in and be able to do that, you know. But those four teams, for me, if they start hitting on all cylinders when it matters, look out. I mean, the sky's the limit. Ben, take me a, a step or two deeper on Landon Sims at the back end of the bullpen. Last weekend was the first time that he had thrown twice on a weekend, and he got two saves against Ole Miss, and he's just so dominant. We talked with Scott Foxhall some early this week about you know him being one of those high spin rate guys, but I, I kind of asked Scott about this. A lot of times when we talk about high spin rate, uh, spin rate and the ball staying on plane, we're talking about guys that are throwing at 90-91, and it looks like it's 95. He's 95-96. So what, what does that look like to a hitter for a guy who's got that spot, high spin rate where it stays on plane and he's willing to kind of climb the ladder? Well, what it looks like is a guy that's going to pitch in the big leagues. That's what it looks like, first of all, you know, because that's what you see. And, and you mentioned I do some stuff with the Orioles. I just got back from, from Baltimore. I did 11 games and just got home yesterday morning. And uh, that's what you see in the big leagues. I mean, guys, especially at the back end of bullpens, they come in, they all throw 95 or harder, and it seems like almost all of them have these high spin rates, right? And it's it's difficult on, on especially college hitters because – your eyes deceive you, as you said, right? I mean, you, you kids expect the ball to come down at a normal level like it always has since Little League, but those guys with those high spin rates, the gravity just doesn't affect their ball like it does the average fastball, right? So it stays on plane, so your eyes fool you. And I remember talking to Alex Bregman his second year after he was in the big leagues with Houston. I said, listen, how do you attack a high spin rate fastball? He said, first of all, we know the scouting reports. We know what, what, what people like to do. He said, but, Ben, it's crazy and it's hard for me to do, and most hitters can't do it, but I really think about hitting the top of the ball. I think hmm. about trying to hit a ground ball because I know my eyes are going to deceive me. I'm not ever going to be on top of that ball. I'm still going to be under it or in the middle of it, but I actually try – to hit a ground ball. I said, well, that's an interesting approach. But if you think about softball, the softball ball does rise, right? I mean, the ball right. does come from down under in softball. And it does come up. The rise ball does. And, and so 
if you, I've coached softball and, of course, been around it a lot, and that's what we were teaching our girls to how to hit a, a rise ball was to get on top of it and fake ground ball. And sometimes it works, but when you're facing college hitters with that kind of stuff, and look, I've seen Landon Stins in person too, and it's it's explosive. I mean, he just attacked in the upper quadrant of the strike zone, and that's what's weird about the stuff we're finding out now is that me and you, we were taught for years since we were five years old, the best pitch in baseball is a knee-high fastball. Well, not so much anymore, because if you can spin it like Landon Sims can spin it, they're pitching at the upper quadrants of the strike zone on purpose and getting those swings and misses on the bats. And look, it's a it's a Verlander-type pitch, right? It's a, it's a Garrett Cole-type pitch. It's where Sims is right now, where they're purposely pitching up in the zone and having unbelievable success doing it. In 30 seconds or less, and I don't know if it's even possible, why is it that guys are able to do this now? I, I don't feel like when you were pitching we were talking about spin rate. Maybe we just didn't know what we were talking about, and it was like an EFAS ball or, or whatever. Right. What, what, is it just because we've got the analytics to understand what's happening now? Yes, that's exactly. I mean, it, it just kind of reiterates what we thought back then. I played with Mike Messina, the Hall of Famer, and he'd get 2-0 counts all the time and throw a fastball down the middle belt high, and guys would swing and miss it. They'd swing under it. And I'd look at Rick Sutcliffe in the dugout and go, man, if I throw that ball, and I'm throwing 95 and he's throwing 92, but if I, if I throw that ball to 2-0 count, it goes 400 feet. And we always used to look at each other, but it reiterates in our mind now what we were yeah. seeing back then. And Mike Messina, I'm sure, had a high spin rate fastball, but it's the same stuff that we talk about, Richard, real quick, like when they used to face Nolan Ryan and the hitters would come back and say, man, the ball just jumps. Like it just feels like it's rising. Well, that was a terminology back then, but now you put the pieces of the puzzle together and it was a high spin rate fastball. You can't really teach it. There's some things they're doing on grip a little bit, and they're pulling off the seams and making that ball spin a little bit faster. But all in all, I think it's something that a lot of guys are just blessed with. Ben, you're... From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 73. Some heavy rain likely tonight, low around 59. Your Saturday, a 40% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. And for your Sunday, sunny skies, high near 77. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. This portion of Sports Talk Mississippi is sponsored by Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, just south of Germantown High. Calloway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. From trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. Our farmer's market is open, full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gladstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's is, Callaway's is, everything for home and garden. That's what Callaway's is. No Drip Roofing in Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing in Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 
Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable, non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment, 601-944-5585, or go to AcousticWaveMS.com. The Sheraton Flowood will be hosting a job fair. We're hiring for positions in food and beverage, housekeeping, finance, sales, engineering, and front office. The job fair will be at the Sheraton Flowood at 2200 Refuge Boulevard in Flowood on Friday, April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, April 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And also on Friday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, May 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also apply online at aimbridgehospitality.com. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Department of Health is reporting 212 new cases of COVID-19. The latest report brings the state's total number of cases up to just over 310,300. With the confirmation of two additional deaths, 7,175 Mississippians have passed away from the virus. While the state's seven-day average of new cases has dipped, overall hospitalizations have risen above 200 for the first time since the end of March. And Thursday, the courthouse in Batesville was evacuated after a suspicious package was found on the front steps. A bomb squad from Memphis later defused the package on site. After rendering the package safe, the Panola County Sheriff's Department found three cell phones, a cell phone charger, cigarette lighters, and loose tobacco inside the package. For all things Mississippi, find us online at supertalk.fm. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. One of the things I enjoy most about raising catfish is the end result, the fish on the truck headed to the plant. I like that because we raised a good product with a, with a good team and a good uh, result from, from all the hard work that we've done. I'm Terry Cruz, and I'm proud to be your 2020 Arkansas Catfish Farmer of the Year. We all have to eat, so if you're going to eat, eat U.S. farm-raised catfish. Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been there. Lagging video chats, slow downloads. Oh, come on. It's just not a good look. Instead, call Ceasefire Business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fastest, most reliable internet around. Period. No excuses, no apologies. Just fiber fast internet that works. Ceasefire Business. See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com. If a muckety-muck wants you to hear what they got to say, they come here first and sit down with Gallo and JT. This is Ground Zero for all Mississippi muckety-mucks. Super Talk Mississippi. Watch your favorite Super Talk shows in HD. Just go to supertalktv.com. Ever wonder what goes on in the studio during the shows? Now you can watch what happens in HD. Super Talk TV. Streaming now on supertalktv.com. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. (laughs) 
Let's stick with the baseball theme. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Great conversation with Ben McDonald from ESPN and the SEC Network. Now we turn to our friend Teddy Cahill at Baseball America on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Teddy, let's start with a game that's going on right now. They're playing two today in Columbia, South Carolina. Number one team in the country on the ropes right now after losing, or excuse me, after winning last night's game. Are you a believer yet in South Carolina, who's got a four to two lead at the top of the eighth? Ah, uh, that's a that's a tough one. So I believe that they are a very talented team. I believe they're going to be in the mix uh, in the postseason, and that they could do damage. But they really. It would really be nice to see them actually win one of these kinds of series. You know, they went to Texas and got swept. They went to Vanderbilt and lost two out of three. You know, they did sweep Florida, and and that was – there's definitely something to be said for that. But, you know, against one of these, you know, really premium teams – I, I would I would really like to see them you know find a way to to win another one of those series uh, to to get a little more belief that they are in that upper echelon of the SEC as opposed to you know maybe more you know upper middle of the pack. Teddy, what is for you the dividing line between number one and number two with regard to Arkansas and Vanderbilt? How much separation is there in terms of which one of those teams is clearly better than the other? I mean, for me, Arkansas is the best team in the country. I've been pretty decided on that for, yeah. I don't know, like a couple months now, I feel like. It's, it's been that way uh, for a while now for me. But, you know, I mean, if we're talking about, like, strictly poll metrics here, like if Arkansas were to lose this weekend, whoever won in Nashville would be number one. I mean, I still would believe, though, that Arkansas was the national championship favorite. And, you know, I, how close is that line? You know, I – I like what Vanderbilt is for sure. I just think that Arkansas is the deeper all-around team when when you when you look at them. That you know Vanderbilt with the one-two punch of Rocker and Lighter. I mean, yeah, that's that's outstanding. But uh, I, I just think that what Arkansas has depth-wise, both on the mound and in the lineup, is better. And I at that point, it's kind of more of a personal or, or philosophical preference as to to what kind of team construction, roster construction you prefer. So so I could certainly get on board with you with regard to the, the construction of the lineup. I just don't think there's an easy out one through nine in that Arkansas lineup. They've, you know, they've all got guys that are – or they've got, what, half a dozen guys that are hovering around or just beyond ten home runs. So they hit up and down the lineup. they get plenty of power. Here's what I'm wondering about Arkansas, and tell me if this is crazy to even be wondering. Usage rate for Kevin Copps. He's not a starter, so you're getting him more than once from a weekend. But I feel like when they run him out there, it's for two or two and a third or three and a third, and then they're running him out a second time. Do you have any concern about the usage rate during the regular season and whether or not he may run out of gas somewhere down the line? It's it's kind of a unique situation, what they're doing with him. And I don't... Personally, because I think like, I just trust what Arkansas is doing here. You know, they have a very advanced way of looking at pitching. Um, you know, they're not just they're not just looking at it and saying like, "Well, we'll ride it until the until he can't go anymore." You know, they're they're looking yeah. at it. Uh, you know, in in very much the the modern way of looking at everything and evaluating how all of his 
you know, metrics are, are continuing to progress and all that. So I will trust that they know what they're doing. With that, I will, though, acknowledge that it's a unique way of, of using your top reliever. But I, I think that it just fits with the way Arkansas is managing their pitching staff as a whole, that you know, they are not looking at this in any sort of traditional manner. And, you know, they're just going to get as many outs out of their best arms as possible. And Kevin Copps is going to wind up throwing, like, a starter load effectively. Okay. Um, you know, so there are guys in the country that are, are, are pitching that many innings, more than that many innings. And I, he is, if he goes, you know, in his really extended roles, he doesn't then come back uh, again in the series necessarily. It's a little more often than Landon Sims comes in the game, certainly, but it's yeah. uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. That's for sure. One more Arkansas question, then I want us to turn the page to Nashville with regard to uh, to Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, and and kind of break down that series group by group. Um, is Dave Van Horn? And I know this is subjective. Is Dave Van Horn the best baseball coach in America in the college game? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a tough one. You know, it's uh, it's really tricky. To, to put him there because he doesn't have a national championship. Right. And, you know, if you, if you just say, like, well, let's ignore that factor, you know, he certainly belongs right there on the list with anyone else you want to talk about, whether you want to talk about Kevin O'Sullivan or Tim Corbin or John Savage or whoever, like, DVH is absolutely right there. But I think that, you know, without that national championship, it just becomes a little harder for a lot of people to say, well, you know, he, he's here with, uh, with the Tim Corbin who has, who has two of those things or whatever. And, you know, we, we saw this with Mike Martin over the years. And, you know, how do you evaluate a guy that has that kind of consistency and, and the most wins ever for a coach versus, you know, somebody that, that has actually, you know, finished the season as the number one team in the country and, you know, I, I think the DVH belongs in the discussion. I don't know where I'd land on it versus him, versus Corbin, or Sully, or, or Savage. But you know, I, I think it's totally fair to to bring him into the into that uh, discussion. Do you not Corbin down a notch at all because he's playing with thirty scholarship players and everybody else is playing with like eleven to fifteen? I mean, I, the thing about that is that like not everyone is playing with eleven to fifteen. You know, I mean, it, it's it's so hard to to worry well, about and that, that. And that's why know? I said to fifteen instead of eleven point seven. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, because you know, you look at what what Sully has, and you know, what the Florida program is better than you know some other programs uh, in terms of scholarship rates and, and academic money and all the rest of that. Sure. You know, I think it's fair to to bring it into question, but. You know, you still have to go out and, and do the recruiting and win the games. It's not quite as simple as uh, as just picking up the, the, the best players in the country. And the other thing that I would say about Corbin is that he built that place from basically zero. So maybe the next coach coming in I would look at differently. But with him and knowing, you know, that the program building got done by him, and where they took Vanderbilt from, and just look at Vanderbilt and every other sport, basically. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think that, that that definitely has to weigh in it, and maybe cancel out some of that that other. Um, you know, outside of the what's happening inside the the, the diamond stuff. Teddy, give me a two-minute, as detailed as you can, breakdown of Mississippi State Vanderbilt. 
Well, you know, I love that they have ended each other's seasons the last few years. You know, not the, not the 20 <laughs> yeah. season, obviously, but I, I like that aspect of it. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's bringing something more to this. Uh, you know, the stakes aren't going to be as high as the Super or, or they were in Omaha, obviously, but I like that aspect of it. I really like, though, the, um, you know, the, the, the matchup here is going to be very interesting because you've got Vanderbilt with Rocker and Lighter, and you know, they cover half of the innings. Of the 27 innings that, that they have to play this weekend, they are going to look for Rocker and Lighter to cover half of them. And the way Mississippi State plays is not like that at all. They are not looking for McLeod and Bednar to cover half of the innings. And, you know, they, they want to go to their bullpen. They're not afraid to go to their bullpen early and often. And so I like that aspect of it, just that, that it's coming at it from, from two different angles. I'm also going to be very interested to see how this Mississippi State lineup fares against uh, those two starters because the, the way that Rocker and Leiter have been beaten the last two weekends, the, the only two games that Vanderbilt has lost started by those guys, is that you, you – Georgia and Tennessee both hit three homers off of Rocker or Lighter, whichever one that they beat. And Mississippi State can hit some home runs. You know, I, I, I don't know what to think of, of Mississippi State's power, basically, because they, they, ran, they, they have 42 home runs on the year. That's pretty good, but it's 11th in the SEC. So aren't they going to have enough power uh, to produce the kind of game against Rocker or Lighter that it seems like you need to have to beat those guys? Certainly is going to be a fascinating series. You just can't help but hope that uh, that Landon Sims figures in one way or another. After watching him a couple of times last week, uh, throw for twice on the weekend for the first time this year, and that guy is as as much fun to watch as anybody that gets toes the rubber in college baseball. He is. He's really exciting, and you know, he, what a weapon for them to have out there. And you know, they they have so many guys in the bullpen that. Um, you know, you early in the season, I wondered, would they need him twice in a weekend? But it, it sure looks like uh, he's capable of doing it, and, and he, he looked really good in that second outing. So, you know, however much they can get out of him this weekend, you know, they definitely would want to get him the lead, uh, put, put the ball in his hands with the lead. And if they can do that one or two times, I mean, they're going to feel uh, really good about no the chances. and. You know, it's uh, it's a it's a luxury out there. Teddy, thanks as always for your time and your insight. Fun weekend, and uh, we're all going to be watching. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Awesome, thanks so much. That is Teddy Cahill from Baseball America joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt get started tonight at seven in Nashville. From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving you glass needs in Ridgeland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive. Cross gates call 601-605-4443. Starting to see delays westbound on 20 at the stack. Also heavy delays 49 southbound at Harper and further down at the Florence exit. Elsewhere, things look to be going pretty good so far. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. The best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers 601-353-5217. Proudly serving the Metro since 1946. Here's Uncle Cy. What's your favorite kind of bug? Oh, I don't have a favorite bug. Me and bugs don't get along. The scariest one to me is the big spiders. They had spiders in Vietnam so big that when they made their web, it would stick you. 
Okay, and hold you there, and here comes a giant spider. What do you think about that? Scary, ain't it? If you want the real story about pest control, call Havard Pest Control Incorporated, the professional bug exterminator. The name to trust for over 65 years, the Havard Pest Control, the difference is clear. At Havard Pest Control, their number one goal is customer satisfaction. Havard understands that everyone's pest control needs are different. That's why they offer a wide variety of services to protect your home against all kinds of pests and termite invasions. When it comes to keeping your home and family safe against all kinds of pests, trust Havard. Visit HavardPest.com or call 601-936-0309. 601-936-0309. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. Got a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Coleman Taylor Transmission. Here's Flint from Coleman Taylor Transmission about what to do if you're having issues with your transmission. We do free diagnosis, first of all, so we just need to get the vehicle to our shop. If you have a way to do that, bring it in. If you do not, have free towing on major repairs. Tell you basically the things you want to know is how, how much is it going to be and how long is it going to take. Usually try to get them checked the same day. Coleman Taylor Transmission is about you, the customer. I don't sleep at night if I feel like I've mistreated somebody or, or overcharged somebody or done something like that. 601-355-8520. Family. What does family mean to you? At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, we value family. As a father-daughter team, Drs. Michael Carter and Catherine Carter Sledge are committed to helping you achieve your most beautiful smile. Go to cartersledgedental.com to meet our team, take a virtual tour, and make an appointment. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry on Lake Harbor Drive in Ridgeland. Come be a part of our family. AARP is working to protect Americans 50-plus by making sure you have the latest information about the COVID-19 vaccines and the distribution plans in Mississippi. Just visit aarp.org slash msvaccine to learn who's eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine in Mississippi, when, where, and how to get it, and what you might want to discuss with your doctor. That's aarp.org slash msvaccine. Paid for by AARP. Visit Ridgeland presents the Art, Wine, and Wheels weekend, April 30th through May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. Events include Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, and a Friday night, April 30th kickoff party. Visit ArtWineAndWheels.com. Follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook. Hashtag Visit MS Responsibly. I'm Attorney General Lynn Fitch, and this is National Crime Victims Rights Week. Last year, my office served over 2,200 crime victims. If you've been the victim of a crime, we can help you. Visit AttorneyGeneralLynnFitch.com. Find out what's happening in Mississippi politics and what it means to you on the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Richard Cross and Michael Borky, good conversations with both Ben McDonald and Teddy Cahill. You'll be able, if you miss those, to hear them again later this afternoon in the 5 o'clock hour. Brian Haydad is off. We, though, are glad to be with you. Okay, we need to go back to the beginning of the show because we had a bunch of action on the ceasefire text line and just didn't have a, a ton of time uh, to get to it. couple of questions about regional attendance. What are the plans for State and Ole Miss should they host regarding the NCAA 50% capacity rule for regionals? I mean, the short answer is they'll go at 50% capacity. The more complicated answer to me, though, is... Is it going to be 50% of capacity or 50% of the number of seats in the stadium? Because that answer is vastly different. I think you know what that answer is going to be. I mean, that's the difference in having 3,000, 3,500 people at these games versus having 6,500 at these games. So my hope is that Ole Miss and Mississippi State will say, yes, we will operate under your capacity restrictions. We have had a crowd of 13,522 this year. Half of that is this number of many number of people can get in. It's still just it's nonsense that you have to do that. It Man. is mind-bogglingly stupid is what it is. Forgive the dumb question. At 50% capacity, you want to host because, of course, you do. But the finances of it, does it make it worth it? If if it's true 50, not gaming the system 50, if it's really, truly 50% and that's what it has to be, is it is it worth it? Putting yeah, in I mean, a bid, th- all that stuff. I, I think there was simply a minimum guarantee in the bid. And if you meet... The, 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 the bids are not put out anymore based on you know who bid the most because if it yeah. was you'd have 10 SEC schools that hosted every year maybe more now perhaps more now so you've just got to meet a minimum standard in terms of your financial piece and if you meet that everybody goes into the hat um you know, in terms of are the schools going to make money or lose money on putting the event on, I, I don't know. I mean, I would think if you could you know, sell enough tickets to bring 3,500 people in, you probably could cover your costs or at least get really close to it. Here's what I would say, though. I would say that given the year that we've had, even with a smaller number of people, an extra weekend of people in your town, you kind of owe that to the cities in which yeah, you live. That's a good point. I mean, Mississippi State owes it to Starkville to fill as many hotel rooms as they can, you know, have three, four, five, six, seven thousand extra people in town that are shopping and are eating and are, you know, just engaging in commerce. Same thing in Oxford. I mean, after you missed an entire baseball season and graduation and spring events and everything else, if there's an opportunity to host in the postseason, even if it's not at 12,000 a game, if it's 5,000 a game, you need that. It's a shame it can't be more, but it is. And it's ridiculous. But but the good thing to know, I mean, since we're all following the science, I mean, it's good to know that you mitigate all risk 
of, of spreading COVID by only having three, four, five thousand people in the venue as opposed to having ten thousand in the venue. But it's good to know. It's all stupid. It is, and I've I've had a few people say to me, "Well, Ole Miss in Mississippi State should just go middle fingers to the NCAA and put as many people in the stadium as they want." You can't do that. As great as that would be, they can't do that, and and you know why. I hope. Dave said, "Does Hattiesburg not deserve that?" Come on, Dave. Of course they do. If the opportunity is there to host, city of Hattiesburg and all of its businesses need it. They absolutely need it. Don't don't look for a slight when there's not a slight there, Dave. They're just not currently in position to be a host. If the NCAA decided today, and they will be deciding soon, Southern Miss will not be awarded a host site. That's all this is coming from. Hey, if you're Ole Miss or if you are Mississippi State, and we've talked about this a little bit, in the closest proximity available to the field, so in the case of Ole Miss, on the band practice field or in the parking lot behind left field, do you erect video boards and let people come watch yep. like just immediately outside the stadium? Yes, absolutely. And Mississippi State, I mean, I guess you could do that outside. There, there's some area kind of outside the Palmero Center down the third baseline. I'm not sure exactly how that was affected by construction. Be harder to do it because you do it though. You find a place and, and you try to put it where those people can at least be heard to some degree. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon, four o'clock hour, just around the corner. Fox News, I'm Karen McHugh. The CDC is continuing its review of the Johnson & Johnson coronavirus vaccine. Its use was temporarily suspended after six recipients developed blood clots. Eight more cases were confirmed today. These 15 cases were in females, and 13 of the 15 were in the 18 to 49-year-old age group, the remaining two 50-plus. Dr. Tom Shima-Bakuro, three of those cases proved fatal. Nearly 8 million doses of the J&J vaccine have been administered in the U.S. Talking about jobs, Vice President Kamala Harris makes an appearance in New Hampshire today. The American Jobs Plan is about infrastructure. Yes, it's about roads and bridges. It's about child care. It's about a number of things. But it's about also understanding that if we're going to build back better. America has to invest in the skills development of our workforce. The vice president was speaking at a workforce development event in Manchester. America is listening to Fox News. Calling the all-new 2021 Ford F-150 just tough is like calling me, D-Nice, just a DJ. Call it fresh with an available interior work surface for putting in work or getting in lunch. Call it connected with standard Sync 4 technology plus a huge available 12-inch touchscreen. Call it capable with available Pro Power onboard outlets for tools or turntables. Call me D-Nice. Actually, tough this smart can only be called F-150. Introducing the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Built Ford Proud. Built Ford Tough. 
Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right now, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Attorney General Lynn Fitch is opposing the efforts by Democrats in D.C. to pack the Supreme Court. Fitch joined a coalition of 20 other state attorneys general in a letter to the president strongly opposing the idea of expanding the nation's highest court from nine justices to 13. The letter claims that the effort would undermine our constitutional systems, with Fitch saying that packing the court is about putting political gain above of the law. And a Pascagoula police officer is being honored for saving a man's life. Detective Justin Cagle was driving home from work March 16th when he saw a truck lose control, flip, and crash into a tree on Highway 90. He pulled over to help, grabbing a tourniquet he keeps in his vehicle and using it to help stop the bleeding on the man's severely injured arm. Cagle received a life-saving award from the city this week where he was honored for his heroic actions. She found a new best friend It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days are being made right now It's a tailgate party on game day It's a welcome to the The good old days are being made right now. While Jackson State isn't in it, next weekend's SWAC championship game has been moved to Mississippi's capital city. Due to COVID-19 related cancellations that impacted the ability to determine the higher ranked team, the conference opted to move the game between Alabama A&M and Arkansas Pine Bluff to a neutral site which became Veterans Memorial Stadium. The championship game is scheduled to be played on Saturday, May 1st at 2 p.m. And another famous name is joining the likes of former Vice President Al Gore and actor Danny Glover opposing the Bihalia Pipeline, which would run from Memphis to Marshall County. The nearly 49-mile pipeline would connect two existing crude oil pipelines. But on Instagram, Justin Timberlake, a Memphis native, is trying to drum up opposition. He also shared information defining environmental racism. Those against the pipeline say it would run through lower-income majority black neighborhoods in South Memphis and over a major water aquifer. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. 
Now existing customers and new customers get our best phone deals. Existing C Spire customers. New C Spire customers. You might be saying, existing and new customers? That's everybody. And we agree. That's why we call them the Everybody Deals. So whether you're a new or existing C Spire customer, get an Everybody Plan and make our best deals on new phones all yours. No bull. C Spire. New and existing customers get our best 5G phone free. Go to cspire.com for details. Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. I listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. in the top of the first inning in Southern Miss and Western Kentucky are underway at the Pete, Pete Taylor Park. Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Trying to pile up a bunch of wins over the next few weeks. You want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you do that on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Be honest. You know your business deserves better, so get better with a C Spire business internet and phone bundle backed by real support. See how C Spire can power your success today at cspire.com slash business. Richard Cross and Michael Borky, good to be with you on this Friday afternoon. If you missed any of the first hour, you can always go back and get the Super Talk Mississippi podcast. It is free wherever you get your podcast, and while you're there, Go ahead and subscribe to the uh, the Rebel Report if you are so inclined. Michael Borky breaks down all things Ole Miss. And the Thunder and Lightning podcast with Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman for all of your Mississippi State news. Borky, I feel like we should wait and talk about this with the college football fix, but it's just such an interesting story. I think we, um, we jump on that. We'll t- let's talk about college football overtime later. You okay with this? That's fair. Uh, the college football playoff committee just finished a couple of days worth of meetings. The college football playoff management committee. The 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick discussed, quote, some 63 possibilities for change, close quote. That is according to a news release from the College Football Playoff Management Committee. Those include models of 6, 8, 10, 12, and 16 teams as part of a college football playoff with a variety of different scenarios in each. Bill Hancock, as he is wont to do, told ESPN that nothing is imminent. I'm shocked that Bill Hancock said, we're not doing anything yet. Love Bill Hancock. Nicest man ever. Biggest company line man ever in the history of the living, breathing free world. The day that they go to the eight-team playoff or more, 
Bill Hancock will be the biggest proponent of the 18 playoff being the right way to determine a national championship. But until the official press release on college football playoff letterhead comes out, the four-team playoff is the best way to determine the national championship, according to Bill Hancock. That's who he is. You want to hire a guy that is loyal? That's your guy. Here's what Bill Hancock said. There will not be a new format this season or next season. The timetable is certainly an important detail, but it hasn't been determined yet. It's too soon to predict the timing, but even if the board decides to alter the format, it may well not occur until the current agreement has expired, which isn't until after the 2025 season. By the way, that is the most optimistic comment that you will ever get from Bill Hancock with regard to, we're going to expand the playoff. Um, a, a, a more telling comment comes from Craig Thompson who is the commissioner of the Mountain West. You know these group of five commissioners are all for this, and more and more of the Power Five commissioners are as well. Here's what Craig Thompson said. More and more people, not just fans, but the ten commissioners in Notre Dame, so stupid, who have a vote in the matter saying it's time to look at expansion. Does that mean two years from now? Does it mean after the current 12-year contract expires? I think it's somewhere between there. I think we could accommodate expansion before the 12-year contract expires, one man's opinion. Mike Oresco has been maybe the most outspoken of all the conference commissioners, and that's because he's the most frustrated, because he thinks the American conference deserves its seat at the table. He says, I think it has to happen because there's just too much dissatisfaction with the current system. Ultimately, I think there will be support for it because not only would the group of five obviously want it, but clearly there are power five guys being left out who would like a shot. This all says to me, and, you know, I don't have a Ph.D. in reading between the lines, so I think it's pretty obvious, we're getting an expanded playoff. And Bill Hancock's probably being genuine when he says it's not happening this year or next year. I'm not sure that he's being genuine when he says it may not happen until after 2025, though. It's happening the day the contract's up. So you think you think we go the full five years remaining on the first 12-year deal? It'll well. That's the latest. Oh yeah, no question. That, that they're not is, doing a new contract. Latest. Um, It'll this sounds to me like, though, then. it's going to happen before the current contract runs out. Yeah, all the negotiating and stuff, but once that contract ends, everything's done. I mean, it's the most logical step, and we've already had somebody on the text line say, which is stupid, you're still going to get Bamba Clemson every other year, no matter how many teams you add. I tend to think that that is accurate. College football's not set up like professional football. You don't get the Cleveland Browns. Because the worst teams don't get to hand-select the best players. It doesn't work like that. Um, in college football, the better you are, the better you can get. It's quite a system. But 
what an expanded playoff can do is add more meaningful games during the season and after the season to at least some degree. See, to me, college football's biggest problem isn't so much about parity. We've always had a parity problem in college football. Some names have changed, but every year we go into it, there has never been a national champion. We use this stat all the time. Never, ever been a national champion that did not have at least 50% of its roster four- or five-star players. That's in the recruiting era, so think back to the mid-'90s. We have never had a national champion not have at least two top ten recruiting classes going into that championship year. The vast majority of them are three and four. That's about a dozen or so teams a year. And it's always been that way. We've always had a parity problem. But what the playoff created was a lack of interesting games. It decreased the value on so many games across the country. After October 3rd, this past fall, there was not one single playoff-implicated college football game west of the Mississippi River. After October 3rd, not one. Because Southern Cal never got any traction. Because Southern Cal never got any traction, and that was Oklahoma's second loss. It was October 3rd, if I remember correctly. So, and, and Borky, there's an easy fix to that, right? I mean, I, I know not everybody loves the idea... I mean, there are a lot of people that are like, look, you got to put the, the eight best teams in there, period. If you're an SEC fan, I understand that. I get it. Because you want half the playoff to come from your conference. But in addition to being an SEC fan, I'm a college football fan. And I really like the idea of the entire country being engaged in the college football playoff. Now, are people going to check out after a team from their region or their team or their conference is done? Yeah, maybe. But that's okay. But if we were to go to 8 or 16, I think 16 is a bit much. Because then you're going 16 to 8, and then 8 to 4, and then 4 to 2, and you got to play a national championship. I mean, you're, you're asking two teams to play four additional games and people will start screaming, well, if you do that, you got to go back to 10 games in the regular season. No, no, no. Let's nobody, not do that. nobody will agree with, to that anyway. Let, let's happening. stick with 12. Let's stick with 12 games in the regular season and go to an 18 playoff. And I'm not beating the drum on this because it's my idea and has been for. I'm, I'm not the only one with this idea, by the way. But I have stuck to my guns on this for how many years now? Conference champions. SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12. Those five conference champions get in. And that way Greg McElroy can stop jumping up and down and saying you're you're devaluing the regular season. No, you're not. Every game matters. You have to win your league. And then you have to win your league championship game to get into the playoff. Those five get in. But guess what? In addition to the highest-ranked group of five team getting in, getting a seat at the table, getting a spot in the playoff, creating interest there, giving them a chance, you've still got two at-large spots left. And so that means everything is important and everything matters the, the whole way. We'll continue this conversation. Sports Talk Mississippi.
from the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs in Ridgeland and Brandon. Just call them at 601-605-4443. Look for minor delays, 20 westbound at the stack. Also an accident, 20 eastbound just before Ellis Avenue, affecting traffic coming from 220 southbound to 20 eastbound. So expect delays in the eastbound lanes. Otherwise, things looking fairly decent. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Proudly serving the Metro since 1946. Call them at 601-353-5217. Are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy? If so, then you are ready for an Exmark. This is David Frederick with Frederick Sales and Service. And if you're ready, now is the time to take advantage of special Exmark pricing and special Exmark financing. With 0% financing and payments that won't start for 150 days. That's five months before your first payment and still 0% interest. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to own the mower that landscape professionals purchase two to one over the next best-selling brand. So stop by Frederick Sales and Service on Old Highway 471 in Brandon and let me or one of my experienced staff help you find the Exmark mower that best suits your needs. At Frederick's, we are the Exmark experts. 26 years of award-winning selling, servicing, and supporting our customers with legendary Exmark quality. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving Central Mississippi since 1993. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is your truck and Jeep headquarters. Yep, you heard that right. Your truck and Jeep HQ. Whether you're looking for a two-wheel drive, 4x4, or a diesel, come check out our amazing truck selection. Every brand, every size, lifted and customized. We've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hard Tops, Soft Tops, lifted and kitted Jeeps for you to choose from. We're sure to have exactly what you're looking for. Because we are your truck and Jeep HQ. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit Specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Plus, bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. What are you waiting for? Get to your truck and Jeep HQ at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. See good for details with I'm Dr. Michael Walker, founding physician at NewCare MD. We provide concierge medicine that everyone can afford. We do this by eliminating middlemen and restoring focus on the patient-physician relationship. For a low monthly fee, less than the average cost of a cell phone, you get access to unlimited clinic visits, wholesale medications and labs, and even telehealth. It doesn't take an act of Congress to get affordable health care. Learn more about health care the way it should be at NewCareMD.com. To good things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888 808 8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. not worth talking about here on Sports Talk Mississippi, but I want to give you a heads up on something that's out there that I thought was a really fascinating read. Forky, I don't know if this turns your crank or not. Uh, It was on USA Today's website, written by Tim Sullivan at the Louisville Courier-Journal. Headline for the story is, Kentucky Derby Steward finally tells all about controversial maximum security 
case. You may or may not remember, but uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you had the winner of the Kentucky Derby who was disqualified after the fact for oh, impeding yeah, the progress they, they, of other horses. Yeah, and Barbara Borden is the chief steward or the head steward or um, whatever it is the technical title is. Chief State Steward for the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. And now that all the legal challenges and appeals are over, she agreed to go on the record with quotes kind of explaining everything that happened that day and how it happened and death threats that she got from gamblers and anonymous mail that was coming to both the KHRC offices and her, her home Uh Anyway, it's just a really fascinating behind-the-scenes story. You can read it at USA Today uh, if you are so inclined. Just kind of passing that along as something that might be worth looking at as you go into a weekend. Do you agree with the premise that I'm going with on the, the playoff? Yes, and, and here's why. Because... I want more... Most importantly, like I said before, I, I want more meaningful football games. And... Name one other level of sport that you do not have to win your conference or division or have a certain standing in your conference or division to make the playoffs. In the NCAA tournament. You win your conference, you're in. I mean, yeah, but you don't have to but, win but it. But there's, to get a, in. there's that, that standing, that qualification. Yeah. You win your you conference, can get you're in. in through winning your conference. In the NFL, you win your division, you're in. Now, you can make a wild card, but if you win your division, you are in the playoffs. Regardless of how good or bad that division is, NBA, if you're in the top eight, you're in. Well, it's changed this year, but it used to be, if you're in the top eight, you're in. Major League Baseball, you win your division, guess what? You're in. This, even in a down year for certain divisions in the NFL, every single Sunday had meaningful playoff-implicated games. Every single Sunday, every week, there's playoff-implicated games. That's what I want for college football. Will the Pac? I mean, the Pac-12 was not on the SEC's level. It's not even close. However, once that 2:30 game ends and Kentucky and Vanderbilt are playing on the SEC network, and the day's just kind of over, I would love to flip on to the Pac-12 after dark game where Arizona State is playing Oregon, and the winner takes lead in their division. A championship-implicated game that happens every Saturday. That's what college football is missing. Every other sport has it. College football doesn't. If you include every conference, there's a set criteria. There's no ambiguity. Although with your two at-larges, you get to keep some of that just for fun. The ambiguity is gone. Every single conference, which covers the entire country, every Saturday plays a game that matters. And that is better for the overall health and attention and everything in college football when there are meaningful games every Saturday. Because right now we don't have that, and that system makes the most sense. There's no ambiguity. Win your conference, you're in. The whole nation is engaged. And you still get to throw the at-larges in there just for fun. It, It makes the most sense. It engages everybody. That would be better for the overall health of the sport. Mike says he wants to see 12 in the playoff. All 10 champions and two at large. And the top four seeds get a bye. You mentioned <laughs> it happens in hoops. I mean, it does. The it does, but gets it's a representative. 
Yeah, I mean, so 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 you're talking about the conference champion from CUSA, from the Sun Belt, from the American, from the MAC. What other uh, the Mountain West? That they all get an automatic berth into the playoff. I think that's watering it down too much. Because we still want to, we would like to see high level football. We want to see the best of the best competing for the national championship. And I'm not sure that you get that in that scenario, but I do want to reward the group of five because it seems like most years you have a team that's special. One year that team might come from Conference USA. One year that team might come from the American. One year that team might come from the MAC. You know, maybe it's a special Northern Illinois team. Or, you know, a, a special year for Southern Miss. Or a special year for Memphis. And so they are included and representative of the group of five. And it gives you a chance. I think it's pretty unlikely that that team wins it all. I'm fine with giving them a chance, though. Hey, Cincinnati would have and, it would have held their own. They they probably don't win against whoever you put them up against, but they'd have fought. They, they belonged oh, yeah, on played the field. toe to toe with Georgia. Yeah, they they would have belonged on the field. Sure. So the the thing when we were kind of talking through this that that I would say is that the group of five representative can be seated no lower than six. So you don't automatically plug whoever the group of five representative is into the eight seed where they got to play the number one seed right out of the gate. Make the at-large team. Or, or, or another Power Five conference champion, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, last year maybe the maybe the Pac-12 conference champion would have been the eight seeded team, but Cincinnati would have been seeded six, and they would have played the third seeded team, Wisconsin or somebody. Suddenly, you got a good football who, who, who game. would it have been? It would have been was it Clemson one, Alabama two, or Alabama one, Clemson two. I don't remember, but if it was three, it would have been Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State, Cincinnati. Okay. There's there's some juice there. There is. We get one that says 12 is never going to happen. Hey, top five conference champions, three at large, top two teams get a bye. That's from Zach in Oxford. So five conference champions and then three at large. And then the top two teams get a bye. Somebody says, I haven't cared about the playoffs the past couple of years, and I love college football. See that right there. I think that's, that's a thing. That's a thing. Man, the the college football playoff was outviewed by one of the semifinal games, the championship game. 18 million people is, is a horrible number for college football. They are trending in the wrong direction. The, the basketball national championship got 16 million plus. 
that gap should never be that close. There's a waning interest in college football. There's no doubt. Ceasefire text line, college football lacks the Cinderella factor that you see in basketball and baseball. Cinderella isn't usually good enough to win it all in those sports either. But it sure is fun when they win a game against the Blue Blood. I don't have a problem with every conference champ getting in. So you can't find a Cinderella national champion for basketball. No, they don't exist. I mean, you know, Villanova, you call them Cinderella, come on. I don't think that's, but that's, I mean, that's the closest thing, but they're a power. And they're from the Big East. No, no, you can find Final Four Cinderellas. Butler twice, Loyola Chicago, um, was it St. John's or Joe's a few years ago that made the run? Yeah. Wichita State got to the Final Four. Okay, those are good. And you can find them in baseball as well. I remember when Fresno State made it to Omaha. Fresno State beat Georgia in the National Championship Series. And they were good. Coastal Carolina recently won a championship. Coastal Carolina won a National Championship in 2017, I think it was. So, yeah. You can hit and get the right mix of arms. You got a chance. Kevin says there are 127 FCS football schools play five games for seeding and then a 128-team double elimination <laughs> tournament. Woo, Kevin. That'd make all the games matter, wouldn't it? Something like that. Dave says many of us do not care because of the neglect of the group of five. And and I think that's I think that's altogether reasonable and, and that's why I think I think you gotta do one of two things, Dave. And I know there are a lot of people that don't like this idea, and that's fine. That's fine. I think either you gotta go to a playoff format where you include an at large from the group of five. The highest ranked group of five team gets in every single year, or the group of five's got to split off and play for a national championship that they can legitimately win. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. More coming up. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 73. Some heavy rain likely tonight, low around 59. Your Saturday, a 40% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. And for your Sunday, sunny skies, high near 77. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. New Chevrolets, great pre-owned vehicles, an excellent fleet department, all backed by an award-winning service department. That's Rogers Dab Chevrolet, Crossgates Brandon, or RogersDabs.com. Employers, are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, service specialists have been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. Has COVID-19 changed your staffing needs? We have candidates for all of your clerical, administrative, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Call us at 601-898-1085. Service specialists, the expert recruiters, helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967. Now with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Mississippi Braves baseball is back and will welcome fans to Trustmark Park beginning Tuesday, May 4th at 6.35 p.m. Get ready for the return of Thirsty Thursday. Premium giveaway items every Friday night. Post-game fireworks on Saturdays and matinee baseball each Sunday. Season tickets, flex plans, group outings, sweet nights, and partnership opportunities are available now by calling 601-932-8788 or by visiting Mississippi braves.com see the next generation of atlanta Braves stars like freddie freeman ronald acuna jr and more right here at trustmark park baseball returns on tuesday may 4th mississippi braves baseball let's play i wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific. Yes. Get your purse, sweetie. Camp Kamasa. Sounds like a wonderful place, doesn't it? It surely will be. When complete, Camp Kamasa will be Mississippi's only year-round, fully handicap-accessible camp facility for children and adults with special needs. The MTK Foundation invites you to join our online auction. Boots and Bling, benefiting Camp Kamasa, April 24th from 6 to 8 p.m. Visit mtkfound.com or the MTK Foundation page on Facebook to register for this wonderful event, benefiting a wonderful place. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Attorney General Lynn Fitch is opposing the efforts by Democrats in D.C. to pack the Supreme Court. Fitch joined a coalition of 20 other state attorneys general in a letter to the president strongly opposing the idea of expanding the nation's highest court from nine justices to 13. The letter claims that the effort would undermine our constitutional systems, with Fitch saying that packing the court is about putting political gain above the law. And a Pascagoula police officer is being honored for saving a man's life. Detective Justin Cagle was driving home from work March 16th when he saw a truck lose control, flip, and crash into a tree on Highway 90. He pulled over to help, grabbing a tourniquet he keeps in his vehicle and using it to help stop the bleeding on the man's severely injured arm. Cagle received a life-saving award from the city this week where he was honored for his heroic actions. In response to COVID-19, Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services is offering telehealth services. During this time, health and safety are important, which is why they've expanded their offerings to include telehealth services for children, adolescents, and adults. They have outpatient teletherapy sessions available, and Pine Grove also expanded its telehealth services to include its intensive outpatient program, drug treatment program. Also, all Pine Grove Evaluation Center services are available via telehealth. Patients may call Pine Grove's National Service Center at 888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com. Hello, I'm Will Noble from Moorhead, Mississippi. I'm proud to be a catfish farmer. And being selected as Mississippi's Catfish Farmer of the Year means a lot to me. I pride myself in raising healthy fish for you to enjoy. And they were raised right here in America. So please make sure you and your family are receiving the best U.S. farm-raised catfish. This message is brought to you by the Catfish Institute. For more information, visit uscatfish.com. Wake up with Gallo. Go to bed with Bongino. It's kind of like the radio version of a Panino. 
Yeah, that's right, a panino, a radio panino with all sorts of good and gooey Mississippi ingredients right in the middle. Deliciously addictive. Paul Gallo, mornings at 6, and Dan Bongino, late nights at 11. The perfect way to start and end your day on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, it makes more sense. Greg sent a message that says, is the Ole Miss game still on? I was like, yeah, why do you ask? He said, because I'm a fan. I said, no, I mean, why wouldn't the game still be on? He says it's raining where I am. I was like, okay, I got you. I don't know where you are. It's 70 degrees and sunny in Oxford right now. There's a chance of rain later tonight. Yeah, like if you were, especially if if Greg is south of you, like where I sit right now, I, I would... I'd be concerned if I was going to get in the car and drive two and a half hours to watch a baseball game. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it doesn't look pretty here. Yeah, Greg, I was not trying to be a smarty. Like, I just, uh, for whatever reason, I was not following. Um, At the Zurich Classic in New Orleans, which is the uh, team event on the PGA Tour. They have walkout songs for that, by the way. It's awesome. Graham McDowell made a hole in one. Do you know what he did? He sent him an entire cooler of beer to the uh, to the media center. Oh, nice! Drinks on him That's after awesome. a hole in one. That's kind of cool. Uh, Amanda says, "Hey guys, just tuning in. Don't know what you're talking about, but you know I'm going to say it. Go Tigers!" <laughs> she misspelled it though. She went with the G O spelling. She sends us purple and gold hearts. Uh, a lot of reaction to the whole college football playoff expansion thing. Um, Bob says Jim Valvano's pack was kind of Cinderella. Yeah, but they were the, an ACC team. I mean, I know it was a Cinderella run, but when you're from a Blue Blood conference, does that count? I mean, I are you going to call no. South Carolina a Cinderella a couple of years ago? No. Because they got to the Final Four? There's something to this. Could Southern Miss win a national title if they ever got in the playoff? Probably not. Could they upset Southern Cal or Oregon in the first round? Sure. And it would be awesome. Well, But just making the playoff, even if they get beat 49 to nothing, would do wonders for them. That sounds really condescending. I don't mean it to be. Making the playoff for any program does wonders for any program. But especially the inclusion of the group of five. I mean, just making it. Being included in that financially and otherwise would do great things for you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Zach in Oxford says, why didn't they start our game early? Just curious. I think they believe the forecast is going to allow them to play it regularly. And there are just a lot of moving parts when you talk about moving up game times. I mean, you, you got to have a significant threat or like a significant likelihood that you're not going to be able to play because you're moving radio times and you're moving TV times and you're having fans who had made plans to come at a certain time and now they're going at a different time. And I understand you want to get the game in. 
And so you make those decisions when you have to make them, but if you don't feel like you have to make them, coaches and athletics departments don't like to just willy-nilly move games. I mean, South Carolina did that because of the forecast for Columbia tomorrow. Like, they weren't playing baseball tomorrow based on the forecast they had yesterday, and so they played last night, and they're playing two today. Southern Miss and let's see, where do I have it? I'm going to hear Southern Miss, Western Kentucky, bottom of the third inning. Golden Eagles up one zip over Western Kentucky. Got a run in the bottom of the second inning to take an early lead. Kevin, having a playoff format like that would also put a damper on super schools like Alabama and Clemson. I don't know that it would. I think Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney moving on are kind of the only things they're going to put a damper on super schools like Alabama and Clemson. I do think that college football has a problem with regard to waning interest because of the monotony of who is in the playoff. Without a doubt. And I think that th- there's no... There's no way that college football can just knock Alabama and Clemson back. You have no way to do that, and so the way to engage more fans and have more people interested is to allow more teams into the tournament. And you can decide what the criteria to get into the tournament is. That's fine. But if you want to engage more fan bases and more parts of the country and more leagues and have people care and be interested and generate buzz as opposed just to the same old, same old with Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma slash Notre Dame and Ohio State, then you got to have more people involved. I mean, look at Clemson, for example. Clemson's starting quarterback this year is from 12 hours of plane travel away. Why do you think he went that far? Joking aside, because there's nobody between him and there, really. You, you, I guess you have to pass over Alabama, but you have to go to the East Coast if you want to play in the playoff, if you want to win a championship. There, there are six places in college football where the playoff is actually accessible to you. Why, why didn't he go to college on the West Coast? Because he wasn't going to get to play in anything significant on the West Coast. Who's going to get a Friday afternoon Pac-12 championship game in front of 12,000 people? No. He's going to go to Clemson because he's going to start in a year and play for championships. You can't do that west of the Mississippi River, basically. Until some teams get it rolling. Yep. But if you expand the playoff, now Southern Cal, when they go undefeated, actually have a chance, unlike last year. Which there were lots of reasons that Southern Cal undefeated last year didn't have a chance. Right. They only played five games. But they weren't even a thought, weren't even a question. Nah. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, in a normal year, an undefeated Southern Cal going into the last week of November is absolutely part of the conversation. Yep. They need to be. College football needs Southern Cal to be good. They need Oregon to be good. 
perhaps one other Pac-12 team needs to be good, whether that's Arizona State or Washington. Washington. College football needs Texas to be good. Kyle just says, can Texas come back to glory? I, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I think so. There's just no reason in the world for Texas not to be good. And Oklahoma needs to be good. And frankly, Michigan needs to be good. Now, I know I'm just naming off blue blood programs. I get that. But I'm saying you need balance of blue blood programs. You don't just need it to be centered in Clemson and Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And And Columbus. And they don't even have to be those programs specifically. Just teams in these regions of the country that are at the top of the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Notre Dame being good is good for college football. Yeah, they just got people everywhere. You want to talk about increasing interest. I just can't bring myself to say Penn State being good is good for anything. I know no, there are a ton of Penn State fans that I just so I, I I dislike James Franklin so much. Rutgers being good a few years ago under Greg Schiano. Good it's been a decade ago now. With but that point. was an awesome story. Chopping wood and big crowds on a Thursday night against Louisville and all of, you know, that was that was before Rutgers was in the Big Ten, but you, you get the point. I mean, Virginia Tech being a legitimate contender in the Mid-Atlantic region is good for college football. Tennessee being bad is not good for college football. Florida State being bad is not good for college football. And I get that not everybody can be good all the time at the same time. But they were for a really long time. I mean, Borky, yeah, there was a, a big window between 1992 and 2012 where all those teams that I named were in the top 25. Southern Cal, Washington, Stanford. Boise State emerging, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, sometimes Ole Miss, sometimes Mississippi State, LSU, Florida State, Miami. They were all pretty good at the same time for a long period of time. (laughs) We get a message that says Mississippi State needs to be good. Hey. That would help our bottom line, buddy. Jonathan says it doesn't have to always be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame for college football to be great. I I agree. He also says college football needs more new blood to be good. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm so with you. And look, the country loves a story like we had in 2014 when Ole Miss and Mississippi State were both really good at the same time. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Through three innings in Hattiesburg, it's one nothing Southern Miss leading it over Western Kentucky. Sports Talk Mississippi, we'll be right back.
around the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs. They're in Ridgeland and Brandon. Just call them at 601-605-4443. Officials are still on the scene working to clear that accident on 20 eastbound. It's uh, right in Hines County where 220 southbound merges to 20 eastbound. Expect delays. Also seeing delays at the stack 20 westbound. Otherwise, things looking fairly decent. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call them at 601-353-5217. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle trebles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Here's Uncle Cy. Bugs can be a problem. Then you got the termites. They got big teeth. Like this barn, it would probably take them all maybe three or four days to eat this barn down, and there wouldn't be nothing but the tin left laying on the ground. Bunch of sawdust. That's all they leave behind, sawdust. I mean, bugs have I got in my beard? Hopefully none. Is that what's been moving? We got a tough crowd here, boys. If you want the real story about pest control, call Havard Pest Control Incorporated, the professional bug exterminator. The name to trust for over 65 years. At Havard Pest Control, the difference is clear. At Havard Pest Control, their number one goal is customer satisfaction. Havard understands that everyone's pest control needs are different. That's why they offer a wide variety of services to protect your home against all kinds of pest and termite invasion. When it comes to keeping your home and family safe against all kinds of pests, trust Havard. Visit HavardPest.com or call 601-936-0309. 601-936-0309. At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save on boat, RV, and motorcycle batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. No drip roofing and construction. Online at NoDripMS.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, no drip roofing and construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. The Sheraton Flowwood will be hosting a job fair. We're hiring for positions in food and beverage, housekeeping, finance, sales, engineering, and front office. The job fair will be at the Sheraton Flowwood at 2200 Refuge Boulevard in Flowwood on Friday, April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, April 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And also on Friday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, May 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also apply online at aimbridgehospitality.com. The Great American Cleanup has begun. It's the state's largest effort to prevent litter and beautify communities. Keep Mississippi Beautiful is working to expand our wildflower plantings across our state and to make Mississippi more beautiful. We encourage you to volunteer with us this year. And remember, cover and tarp your load and keep litter in its proper place. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.com. This is Jake Mangum. Some call me the mayor. No player wins any game by themselves. It takes a team. So if you want excellent customer service and competitive insurance rates, you need to go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, just like I did. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. 
This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. Communication system is a go. Go! This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. All right, so last Saturday prior to Mississippi State's game in baseball against Ole Miss, they had the maroon and white game as part of Super Bulldog weekend, finale of spring practice. Tomorrow, Ole Miss will play its Grove Bowl game after baseball. It's scheduled for a 4 p.m. kickoff. You want to watch it, it's going to be online only. SEC Network Plus. So Michael Borky, we did this last week. We asked Haydad what he wanted to see from the spring game, so I will ask that question now of you. With Ole Miss playing its spring game, what do you hope to learn? What do you want to see tomorrow for from a uh, a very incomplete roster? Yeah, that's part of the problem is a lot of this uh, won't be able to be answered. And with the caveat being that it is a spring game and these questions cannot possibly be answered uh, at the end of April because the season is a few months away and it's a practice game between the same team. However, if Ole Miss's offensive line is intact, you can get a pretty good look at the two junior college defensive linemen that you're expecting, well, you, you hope that they come in and contribute right away. One of the two might not even be able to play. I've, apparently he hasn't practiced much, but... Um, that would be something to look for. The interior of the defensive line, because Ole Miss returns four or five starters on the offensive line. That should be a pretty good unit. So if they are actually looking like they're getting pressure, if they're productive, that's something that you can actually watch for and draw a some kind of positive or negative out of. Is the Ole Miss defensive line actually creating pressure uh, clearing up space for the linebackers to make plays, stuff like that. That is actually something I think you can watch and learn and actually take away from the spring game, that being the biggest one to me. Um, what you've got in terms of defensive linemen, got a bunch of guys that are listed as defensive linemen. Isaiah Iton is one that uh, that folks are interested in seeing. He the transfer from Hugh, uh, Hutchison Community College. Uh, Jamon Gordon, who comes in from uh, from East Mississippi. Those are the two that I was specifically referencing. Those two junior college defensive tackles that you need to to play and be effective immediately. And then um, did. Did Tavius Robinson play? He played some last year, didn't he? Yeah, uh, that would be a name to look for. Demon Clowney is another one. Apparently he's put on over 30 pounds since he got on campus, and he needed Now listed as a linebacker. Uh, I think that that'll be a stand-up end, right? Yeah, probably so. That's what they they listed as linebacker now, but it's it's not. Um, But that's somebody to keep an eye on as well, see, uh, because he was a high-profile recruit, just came in. He was a high school kid, needed to put on some weight. 
Um, so I'm looking at those. Miles Battle as well, I think, is an interesting case study. Because he Clowney's came, listed as an outside linebacker. He's wearing number 17 and will play on the blue team tomorrow. Isn't Sam Williams also? See, that's my point. Is I think that Sam Williams is listed as a defensive lineman, actually. Oh, how about that? So we'll see. We'll see. Miles um, Battle's a guy I'm interested in seeing if, if he's taking that next step forward because they moved him from wide receiver to defensive back because they had no choice. Like They, they just needed somebody to go play defensive back. And while incredibly raw... He showed you that he can do it and has the physical tools to be like a high level high defensive back if he can learn the position fast enough because the the physical tools are all there. And you remember, or at least I remember you telling the story from the bowl game where you could hear the Ole Miss coaches like giving him instructions pre-snap, like teaching him during the game because he was still so raw at playing defensive back. So imagine. That being the case, and him still covering guys well and making plays. So with a, a real offseason, a real spring, playing defensive back, if he's out there making some plays, that's something to keep an eye on as well, even though it's against his own team. Um, In terms of new wide receivers, Jacor Pearson is the Western Kentucky transfer. He's not he's not the one that was playing though for Western Kentucky this go around, was he? Or did he play in the fall and then he was a mid year guy? I mean he's on the roster, so clearly he's there now. And you get the addition of Quay Davis out of Itawamba. And Jamar Richardson out of Jones College, although Richardson has been there. A lot of eyes on Brandon Bar- uh, Buckhalter who was an early enrollee, and I guess you'll get your first look at tomorrow. So the Ole Miss spring game coming your way tomorrow. Sports Talk Mississippi, two hours in the books coming up next, although really it's what we did for the entire 4 o'clock hour. The college football fix. Never too early to be talking some college football. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, Richard Cross, and Michael Borky on this Friday afternoon. Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your true professionals at Baloney Street Pro. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Karen McHugh. A U.S. health panel says it's time to resume use of Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine despite a very rare risk of blood clots. Out of nearly 8 million people vaccinated before the U.S. suspended J&J shot, health officials uncovered 15 cases of a highly unusual kind of blood clot, three of them fatal. The governor of Texas trying to lend a hand to border agents. Under Governor Greg Abbott's directive here in Texas, DPS is trying to lend a hand to overwhelmed Border Patrol agents using air, ground, and marine assets to stop the Mexican cartels from smuggling people and drugs into our country. Now, DPS tells me on the ground here there is always a presence on the water and in the air. They have two to three choppers at any given time. Fox's Aisha Hosni. America is listening to Fox News. 
This Fox News update has been brought to you by Tico's Steakhouse. Come dine with us. The steaks seared to perfection. Live Maine lobster and seafood. Make it Tico's tonight. Tico's Steakhouse. Call 601-956-1030. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico's Steakhouse has been a staple of fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. Dad has long since desired for me to come work alongside him. And now that I'm here, I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy port beverages. Our dining rooms are open and we are taking reservations. Our private rooms are also available along with takeout. Call today or stop in to experience Tico's in the second generation. Tico's Steakhouse, East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Smith Marine has killer boat deals on sale now, featuring Crest Pontoons and Suzuki Motors. Offering thousands of new boats right now along with Suzuki Specials. This is the best time to buy your new or used boat. You'll never find a better deal. Smith Marine, 149 Harbor Drive, Main Harbor Marina in Ridgeland. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Governor Tate Reeves has signed a bill expanding parole eligibility in Mississippi. With the second highest incarceration rate in the country, the Mississippi Earned Parole Eligibility Act aims to decrease that population by expanding eligibility to a large number of nonviolent offenders and a small selection of violent offenders. This does not include those convicted of murder, sex crimes, or human trafficking. A similar bill was vetoed in 2020 before being altered and passed again by the legislature this year. And an increase in construction and home improvement projects during the pandemic has led to a shortage of lumber. The National Association of Home Builders says prices have risen more than 200% since last April, and the cost of a new single-family home has increased by $24,000. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. Free up your time. With Steel, you can spend less time working on your yard and more time doing the things you love. Not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot. Steel is only available through our 10,000 local steel dealers. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Lowe's and the Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Get big league performance in your backyard with steel battery tools. From mowers to trimmers, our AK Homeowner Series starts at just $199.99. Steel is not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot. Pick up at over 10,000 local dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP. Available participating dealers. Lowe's and the Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Mississippi restaurateur Robert St. John says that Congress needs to look at a targeted approach to expanded unemployment benefits in order to get employees back to work. Everybody's running at 100%. We need people. So maybe Oregon and California need unemployment payments because people aren't working and they're shut down. Mississippi, you know, is open. Businesses continue to report a lack of willing workers due to the expanded benefits. And there's been a drop in demand for the COVID vaccine in certain parts of the country. In Mississippi, state health officials have asked the federal government to send vaccines in smaller packaging so it doesn't go to waste. To date, Mississippi has administered over 1.6 million doses of the vaccine and thousands of appointments remain available. To find out how to schedule yours and for all things Mississippi, find us online at supertalk.fm. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. 
concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th, starring the Almond Betts Band. Taz Niederauer, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more. It's a full day of music presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. Carefully. Tickets are on sale now at Ardenland.net. Twilight concerts at Renaissance are here. From Nukes Eatery, Renaissance at Colony Park, and First Commercial Bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group and Ardenland. Your midday meeting place. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. With you on Sports Talk Mississippi, rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. Richard Cross and Michael Borky, thanks for being with us. You want to be part of the conversation, you can do so on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. We've been telling you for a while now that M-Trade Park is the ultimate destination for U-Triple-S-A baseball and fast-pitch softball. If you're not taking part uh, as a U-Triple-S-A team in the Double-decker tournament this weekend, you're missing out, but you don't have to miss out for the entire spring and the entire summer because there is a full slate of games that is happening over and over and over. You can register your team or find out more information online at mtradepark.com. Mtrade Park is one of the premier facilities in the South with 12 synthetic turf infields, five Olympic-sized soccer fields, and an indoor hitting facility with six batting cages. They've got a full tournament schedule from now through the end of June, and there's plenty of opportunity for you to see why teams are calling M-Trade Park the best facility in the state with playing surfaces that are second to none. Plus, you can enjoy all that Oxford has to offer. Again, for more details and registration information, visit mtradepark.com. Richard Cross and Michael Borky with you. Brian Haydad is off. He's got his toes in the sand on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, assuming he's not getting rained on. And if he is, maybe he's still got his toes in the sand. See, I feel like he wasn't going to spend a second on an actual beach this weekend. Oh, I tend to agree with you. I was just kind of making light. Can't you see him in like a big paisley swimsuit with big bare feet, just kind of buried? <laughs> Maybe he and his buddies are playing like, uh, you know, buried the guy in the sand games or something. Just a little hate at head popping out of the sand somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Dig a hole and get in it and cover him up and pile it up and take pictures with a fruity drink in his hand. I don't know if that's happening or not. I do know that it is time right now for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. 
You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Plenty going on for you to check out and for you to test drive. Stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. College football teams will be required to attempt two-point conversions after touchdowns in the second overtime period of games rather than the third. That is according to a change that was approved yesterday by the NCAA's Playing Rules Oversight Panel. The committee last month recommended the change as part of an effort to limit plays and end games sooner. Teams will still have the option to attempt an extra point or go for two after a touchdown in the first overtime session. David Shaw is chair of the Rules Committee. He told ESPN in March March, that the seven-overtime game between Texas A&M and LSU in 2018 that the Aggies won 74-72 prompted discussion to change the overtime rules. Here's where it gets weird, though. If a game enters a third overtime session... Teams will alternate two-point conversion attempts until a winner is determined. Previously, teams had started possessions on their opponent's 25-yard line for the first four overtime sessions before going to alternate two-point plays in the fifth session. That was the rule that was in place, what, this last season. Other changes approved include permanently extending sideline team areas to the 20-yard lines rather than the 25, including video board and lighting system operators among those prohibited from creating distractions that obstruct play. Penalizing taunting will be a point of emphasis for officials during the upcoming season. Coaches who lead the team areas and enter the field to debate officials will receive unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. So that's some of the new stuff as well. But... We're fundamentally changing the game because we don't want it to last too long. That's what you're doing with the new overtime rules. Now, the current overtime rules are the overtime rules that have been in place since the mid-90s that have the alternate possessions beginning at the 25-yard line have created tons of drama along the way. You had Kentucky and Arkansas involved in incredible overtime games. Arkansas and Ole Miss in that seven-overtime game. LSU-Texas A&M a couple of years ago with the seven-overtime game. I get people saying, yeah, it's a little too much. But this is how we're going to do it. We're going to say in the first overtime period, both teams get a possession starting at the 25-yard line. You can kick an extra point or go for two. After scoring a touchdown, though, in the second overtime period, you are required to go for two. If you are tied after a second overtime, we're just going to alternate running plays from the three-yard line until somebody doesn't score. Is this the best way to determine a winner in college football? Did you ever have to take a stats class? Uh, yes. Remember outliers and how, depending on how you were and what you were analyzing the stats. Statistical anomalies? Yeah, anomalies, outliers, um... Where, depending on what you were doing, you didn't allow that to impact your data. At times, you'd even remove it because that's not the norm, and it, it yep. you don't need to let the outlier or the anomaly in, in, influence the results. Influence the results and the conclusion. That's what college football is doing. They are letting a couple of outliers dictate what is already a pretty sweet overtime system. 
In soccer, they have shootouts because they can't run any longer after 120 minutes. They have penalty shots in hockey for a similar reason just to kind of end the game. Football doesn't, college football doesn't have that problem where you're constantly, constantly having these five and six overtime games where you just can't end it and it goes on forever. You don't have to alter it. Same thing with Major League Baseball. You don't have to put a runner on second. Extra inning games are, are fun and interesting. And also, they don't go to 19 innings very often. So you don't have to do that. You have two examples of excessive overtimes in college football. And they're a decade apart. This is ruining a really good overtime period because of the outliers. And that stinks because college football has it right or had it right. Yeah. But this is how it will be decided going forward. I mean, think about the drama that existed on that Friday night after Thanksgiving or Saturday night after Thanksgiving, whichever it was in College Station. When LSU and Texas A&M were just trading blow for blow, punch for punch. And then finally, it ended after seven overtimes. It was fun. Exhausting for the players. Maybe a bit much. But we'll never have that drama. I I say never. Never's a long time. But I can't imagine them going back. Unless this is just a disaster. Unless it feels like Mickey Mouse football when it's all said and done. Ceasefire text line popping on this. Outliers, a good point. The fact that those games happen so rarely makes them all the more exciting from my perspective. That's trip. Kyle says everything is a power grab. Somebody said it's the Matrix, Borky. We have to eliminate the anomaly. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that, but that's good. Get another message that says, taking the tradition completely out of football, so what if it takes all night? That's football. Very rare that it actually happens. I mean, it doesn't. It's crazy. College football's got such a great overtime. It's better than the NFL's. I don't know what they do in high school. At least, I don't remember. But it's Terrible great. idea to change overtime rules. Cody from Brandon, football is fun. <laughs> it is. Yes, sir. I don't like the new rules. It is taking away from the integrity of the game. That's from Chip and Loosedale. Yeah, I, I mean, dueling Quit two limiting competitions. Yeah. I mean, w- yeah. what is that? Yeah. At least back it up to the five or something. I mean, make, make somebody have to work for it. You know that for a long time now, uh, I say for a long time, for about a month, we've been telling you about Cotton State's Baseball Coastal. Cotton State's Baseball, which has been so incredibly successful as a Woodbat Summer Baseball League in New Albany, is coming to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. The season will begin June the 4th, will be played June and July. 20-game regular season for each of the 6-8 to teams, league championship series at the end of July, Registration information available online at cottonstatesleague.com. You can call them for more info at 662-539-2440, 662-539-2440, or find them on Twitter and Facebook at Cotton States. And Cotton States Coastal is proud to announce uh, a great Mississippi baseball ambassador is now part of their team. Barry Lyons, who was born and raised in Biloxi, Won a national or a World Series championship with the 1986 New York Mets, and came back to Mississippi in 2002. Has been involved with baseball at every single level 
is now a Cotton State's baseball coastal ambassador. And we look forward to visiting with Barry Lyons as we get closer to the start of that Cotton State's baseball coastal season, which will be here before we know it. That was your college football fix driven by Ford. Coming up, we're going to go back to our conversation with Ben McDonald and back to our conversation with Teddy Cahill on the Farm Bureau phone line. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs, find them in Ridgeland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive. Crossgates or call 601-605-4443. Outside of some congestion in Ridgeland 49, southbound at Harper and in Pearl. Look for congestion on Pearson Road at I-20. That's Pearson northbound. Elsewhere, things looking pretty good. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, proudly serving the Metro since 1946. Call 601-353-5217. Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented eight-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. Exit 114 in Gleickstead or online at bennelson.com. I'm Dr. Michael Walker, founding physician at NewCareMD. We provide concierge medicine that everyone can afford. We do this by eliminating middlemen and restoring focus on the patient-physician relationship. For a low monthly fee, less than the average cost of a cell phone, you get access to unlimited clinic visits, wholesale medications and labs, and even telehealth. It doesn't take an act of Congress to get affordable health care. Learn more about health care the way it should be at NewCareMD.com. The all-new Ace Bolt and Screw is open with new extended hours in Gluckstadt to serve you for not only all of your faster and power tool needs, but we can now take care of much more. Now open on weekends to be there for you when you need supplies for all your projects. From fertilizer to landscape timbers and pine straw to Spartan mosquito eradicators, we've got you covered. Ace Bolt and Screw of Gluckstadt, now open with extended and weekend hours. Come see us. No drip roofing and construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified certainty shingle installer, family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No drip roofing and construction. 601-371-1051. Pool tables, ping pong, poker, classic arcades, football, sports decor, even kitchen and bar stools. You'll find it all at Game Room Gallery. Game Room Gallery has plenty to choose from during this time. You're at home to help make many more memories with your family. With specials on classic arcades and pool sticks, too. Let Game Room Gallery bring excitement to any room in your home. Game Room Gallery, Ridgewood Road, just north of County Line. For more, call 601-853-7777. That's 601-853-7777. Online at gameroom-gallery.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Where Mississippi comes to talk. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Sunday, you 
McDonald on your radio right now, college baseball analyst with uh, SEC Network and uh, ESPN. He's also an analyst on the Baltimore Orioles television network, former number one overall pick. Ben, happy Friday. What's up, my man? Happy Friday to you, Richard. Hope all is well, man. Everything's good over here. Had a ball game last night and just kind of hitting the reset button today and uh, getting ready for a ball game to, uh, tomorrow as well. Had one in Oxford last night as well. LSU gets a 5-4 to four win over Ole Miss. Give me a big-picture thought on that game, then we'll drill down on some of the things that happened as it unfolded. Well, I mean, I was doing a ball game, so I was able to catch from, like, the seventh inning on. And, of course, that's when uh, you know LSU put three on the scoreboard in the top of the seventh at Dylan Cruz. I think it was a two-run shot. You know, they yep. put them up by one, and Fontenot would, would hang on. But, look, LSU's playing for their postseason lives right now, right? I mean, we, we know that they're fighting in the SEC against Missouri. Of course, Auburn and A&M and LSU's all battling for those final two spots just to be into the SEC tournament. So that's really, if you talk about LSU, that's the only, you know, uh, avenue they have of getting to the NCAA tournament. they got to get the, to, to the conference tournament first. They've got to do well there and hope like hell they kind of sneak in, you know, but a lot's going to happen here these last four weekends of, you know, four or five weekends of SEC play. So who knows? But right now, LSU certainly on the outside looking in. Um, you know, Ole Miss is, uh, is wanting to host, right? They're, they're going to be a regional host, but they want that national seed too, and they got to get going, you know, and, uh, tough loss for Ole Miss last night. I mean, uh, uh, the defense wasn't great. I saw there was a couple of unearned runs. Derek Diamond only gave up one earned run in, you know, in Broadway, who's been just unbelievable this year, of course, gives up the, the two-run home run. So a tough loss for Ole Miss. A lot of Monday morning quarterbacking over the way the bottom of the ninth inning played out. Uh, Ole Miss got a leadoff walk from Dunhurst, and Justin Benchton gets a single through the right side of the infield. So first and second, nobody out. Uh, the analytics guys love to tell you never bunt, never bunt, never bunt. But right. when you end up... With the bases loaded and three guys strike out in the inning and no runs score, uh, people go back and say, well, why didn't you bunt with first and second and nobody out? What's the right play at, at this point in, in college baseball with where we are? Down a run, bottom of the ninth, first and second, nobody out. Well, I think a lot has to do with who's at the plate, right? Now, if you've got a guy that can really bunt and lay it down and you have confidence in him to do that, I think that's probably the right play. You know, but if you got a guy at the plate that's hot and he's swinging it well, look, Paul Maneri's been criticized. I mean, I remember going to Omaha. He went to Omaha, you know, some years ago, and same kind of thing, you know, first and second, nobody out, down one run, late in Omaha, and he swings away, and Rafe Rimes, who was, I think, hit over 400 that year or whatever he hit, you know, hits into a double play, and LSU didn't lose the ball game, and there was Monday morning quarterbacks everywhere. But I think it's depending on who you have to play. If it's me, I probably bunt in that situation. But, look, if the next two guys strike out, it don't matter anyway, right? I mean, you can yeah. bunt them over for one out. If the next two guys punch out, it, it was all for nothing anyway, you know? So I don't know if there's a wrong or a right in that situation. I think it's just a, a coach's feel for the game. Ben, when you look at this Ole Miss team, uh, you know, they, they, they sweep back-to-back series to start league play against Auburn and Alabama. And, you know, Auburn's not very good and Alabama's pretty okay. But since then, they've lost three series in a row and now they're down 0-1. In terms of identity for, for Ole Miss, what do you see as this Ole Miss's team's identity as they're kind of trying to find themselves a little bit as they start the, sec- uh, the second half of the season? Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, if you look at Ole Miss's numbers, right? And I was looking at them in SEC play and, and overall. I mean, 
Overall, second in the league in batting average, only behind Vanderbilt, runs per game, only behind Arkansas. Matter of fact, Ole Miss leads. When you talk about conference play alone, they lead in runs per game, which is hard to do. So the offense has been a good one, even with the big injury over at third base, or first base at the time, you know. And so uh, the pitching staff, you know, I, I, you know how I love Doug DeCasey. I think he's one of the best, and he's shown that since he's come back, you know. So you run Hoagland out there in DeCasey, you know, and you hope Derek Diamond or whoever you run out there on Sundays can be good. Of course, it was reverse order, you know, this week. But I still love the pitching staff. Now, I know the bullpen hasn't been great. Bridging it to get into the back end hasn't been great as of late for Ole Miss. But, look, if, if you go back and look at some of the games, and I had one of their games, it's been so many close losses and so many plays like last night that could have gone either way, you know. And so I don't think the folks in Oxford should be counting Ole Miss out. I think there's too many pieces of puzzle here. And we knew this league was going to be what it is this year. That, that, you know, one base hit, one ball caught, one pitch made is a difference in a lot of games down. It's a difference in winning and losing the series down. I feel like that's where kind of Ole Miss has had a little bit of bad luck in that regard, you know, because I still think they're one of the top teams in the country. And I still think Ole Miss has a real shot, you know, to get to Omaha. Let's move four hours to the north. Game one coming up tonight with Vanderbilt and, uh, and Mississippi State. Bulldogs have been red hot. Vanderbilt has been red hot all season long. They had the one hiccup against Georgia a couple of weekends. How good potentially is this series going to be this weekend? Well, I think it's going to be really good. You know, a McLeod and a Rocker matchup says pretty good stuff on Friday night to start there. You know, you're talking about an offense in Vanderbilt, as you mentioned, has been just really solid all year long. One of the tops in the SEC all year long. I mean, one through nine, they, they put some pressure on you. Uh, Mississippi State's offense, though, I'm going to tell you now, and we've been saying it about State. We knew the pitching, right? The pitching is as deep as anybody's uh, from start to finish, the bullpen, all that stuff. But if the offense could somehow begin to match what that pitching staff was doing, they would be a scary team. And that offense is starting to get going a little bit now, you know. And so I love this matchup. I would not be shocked at all uh, the way Mississippi State played. They went up there, they won two out of three. Now, that's a big ask, you know, because when you got to yeah. face Rocker and Lighter uh, at home, it's a big ask, right, to, to, to be able to do that. But Mississippi State's playing pretty well right now. And I just feel, I mean, I don't care who it is. I mean, when you talk about, you know, the SEC, and, and Tennessee, you know, has been solid for me, too. I want to see a little bit more of Tennessee, but I really feel like Vanderbilt, I really feel like Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, if they're playing their best ball when it matters the most toward the end of the season, these are all Omaha teams and teams that could win the national title. You know, and I don't know if I'm ready to put Tennessee there yet. They're having a phenomenal year. I just don't know that they've been there enough yet to, to, to be able to lock in and be able to do that, you know. But those four teams, for me, if they start hitting on all cylinders when it matters, look out. I mean, the sky's the limit. Ben, take me a, a step or two deeper on Landon Sims at the back end of the bullpen. Last weekend was the first time that he had thrown twice on a weekend, and he got two saves against Ole Miss, and he's just so dominant. We talked with Scott Foxhall some early this week about you know him being one of those high spin rate guys, but I, I kind of asked Scott about this. A lot of times when we talk about high spin rate, uh, spin rate and the ball staying on plane, we're talking about guys that are throwing at 90-91, and it looks like it's 95 He's 95-96, so what, what does that look like to a hitter for a guy who's got that spot, high spin rate where it stays on plane and he's willing to kind of climb the ladder? Well, what it looks like is a guy that's going to pitch in the big leagues. That's what it looks like, first of all, you know, because that's what you see. And, 
And you mentioned I do some stuff with the Orioles. I just got back from, from Baltimore. I did 11 games and just got home yesterday morning. And uh, that's what you see in the big leagues. I mean, guys, especially at the back end of bullpens, they come in, they all throw 95 or harder, and it seems like almost all of them have these high spin rates, right? And it's it's difficult on, on especially college hitters because your eyes deceive you, as you said, right? I mean, you kids expect the ball to come down at a normal level like it always has since Little League, but those guys with those high spin rates, the gravity just doesn't affect their ball like it does the average fastball, right? So it stays on plane, so your eyes fool you. Know, I remember talking to Alex Bregman his second year after he was in the big leagues with Houston. I said, listen, how do you attack a high spin rate fastball? He said, first of all, we know the scouting reports. We know what, what, what people like to do. He said, but, man, it's crazy and it's hard for me to do, and most hitters can't do it, but I really think about hitting the top of the ball. I think hmm. about trying to hit a ground ball because I know my eyes are going to deceive me. I'm not ever going to be on top of that ball. I'm still going to be under it or in the middle of it, but I actually try – to hit a ground ball. I said, well, that's an interesting approach. But if you think about softball, the softball ball does rise, right? I mean, the ball right. does come from down under in softball, and it does come up. The rise ball does. And, and so if you, I've coached softball and, of course, been around it a lot, and that's what we were teaching our girls to how to hit a, a rise ball was to get on top of it and think ground ball. And sometimes it works, but when you're facing college hitters with that kind of stuff, and look, I've seen Landon Stins in person too, and it's it's explosive. I mean, he just attacked in the upper quadrant of the strike zone, and that's what's weird about the stuff we're finding out now is that me and you, we were taught for years since we were five years old, the best pitch in baseball is a knee-high fastball. Well, not so much anymore, because if you can spin it like Landon Sims can spin it, they're pitching at the upper quadrants of the strike zone on purpose and getting those swings and misses on the bats. And look, it's a, it's a Verlander-type pitch, right? It's a, it's a Garrett Cole-type pitch. It's where Sims is right now, where they're purposely pitching up in the zone and having unbelievable success doing it. In 30 seconds or less, and I don't know if it's even possible, why is it that guys are able to do this now? I don't feel like when you were pitching we were talking about spin rate. Maybe we just didn't know what we were talking about, and it was like an EFAS ball or or whatever. Right. Is it just because we've got the analytics to understand what's happening now? Yes. That's exactly – I mean, it, it just kind of reiterates what we thought back then. I played with Mike Messina, the Hall of Famer, and he'd get 2-0 counts all the time and throw a fastball down the middle belt high, and guys would swing and miss it. They'd swing under it. And I'd look at Rick Sutcliffe in the dugout and go, man, if I throw that ball, and I'm throwing 95 and he's throwing 92, but if I, if I throw that ball to 2-0 count, it goes 400 feet. And we <laughs> always used to look at each other, but it reiterates in our mind now what we were yeah. seeing back then. And Mike Messina, I'm sure, had a high spin rate fastball. But it's the same stuff that we talk about, Richard, real quick. Like when they used to face Nolan Ryan and the hitters would come back and say, man, the ball just jumps. Like it just feels like it's rising. Well, that was a terminology back then. But now you put the pieces of the puzzle together, and it was a high spin rate fastball. You can't really teach it. There's some things they're doing on grip a little bit, and they're pulling off the seams and making that ball spin a little bit faster. But all in all, it's, I think it's something that a lot of guys are just blessed with. Ben, you're the best. Thanks so much for your time, my man. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 73. Some heavy rain likely tonight, low around 59. Your Saturday, a 40% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. And for your Sunday, sunny skies, high near 77. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. The spring saving spectacular at Mazda of Jackson is going to blow your mind. That's right, spring is here, and it's time to ditch that old car and upgrade to a new Mazda. We're offering our biggest savings of the year right now, and you don't want to miss it. Right now, get 0% financing or 1500 off new 2021 Mazda 6s. Plus, get 0% financing on new 2021 Mazda CX-5s, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Worried that you can't get approved because of your past credit issues? Don't be. We are focused on your future, and our credit specialists are standing by to get you approved today. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Bring in your current vehicle. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So come see all of our amazing deals during our Spring Saving Spectacular, only at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for complete details with approved credit on select models. Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where Garden Mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening, brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland. Get ready to laugh. I hear somebody yelling across the parking lot, Chad Brather, is that you? Chad Brather here. I want to invite you to join me in Forest, Mississippi. Am I Crazy Comedy Tour is coming to town May 27th. We're going to be at the Scott County Forest Convention Center. Cole Ford's going to be there. My life, my life is perfect. Ira Dean's going to join us as well. Get your tickets now at WatchChad.com, May 27th. Forest, Mississippi. Get your tickets at WatchChad.com. We'll see you there. The Sheraton Flowood will be hosting a job fair. We're hiring for positions in food and beverage, housekeeping, finance, sales, engineering, and front office. The job fair will be at the Sheraton Flowood at 2200 Refuge Boulevard in Flowood on Friday, April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, April 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And also on Friday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, May 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also apply online at aimbridgehospitality.com. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Governor Tate Reeves has signed a bill expanding parole eligibility in Mississippi. With the second highest incarceration rate in the country, the Mississippi Earned Parole Eligibility Act aims to decrease that population by expanding eligibility to a large number of nonviolent offenders and a small selection of violent offenders. This does not include those convicted of murder, sex crimes, or human trafficking. A similar bill was vetoed in 2020 before being altered and passed again by the legislature this year. And an increase in construction and home improvement projects during the pandemic has led to a shortage of lumber. The National Association of Home Builders says prices have risen more than 200% since last April, and the cost of a new single-family home has increased by $24,000. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. This is Jake Mangum, not some actor wearing a red shirt. Whenever I was up to bat at MSU, I would see Farm Bureau Insurance. They supported me then, and they take care of me now. I couldn't ask for more supportive teammates. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance, or find a local agent at msfbins.com. 
Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been there. Lagging video chats. What I said. Slow downloads. Oh, come on. It's just not a good look. Instead, call Seaspire Business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fastest, most reliable internet around. Period. No excuses, no apologies. Just fiber fast internet that works. Seaspire Business. See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com. From the coast to the delta and all points in between, the stories of your Mississippi, all 82 counties, are heard here with Super Talk Mississippi News. What happens? Why does it happen? And how will it affect you, your family, and your bottom line? From the capital to your county, we bring you the most important stories from all across the state. Stay here and stay informed. Super Talk Mississippi News, online at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi. Nothing's any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Now we turn to our friend Teddy Cahill at Baseball America on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Teddy, let's start with a game that's going on right now. They're playing two today in Columbia, South Carolina. Number one team in the country on the ropes right now after losing, or excuse me, after winning last night's game. Are you a believer yet in South Carolina who's got a four to two lead at the top of the eighth? Uh, that's a that's a tough one. So I believe that they are a very talented team. I believe they're going to be in the mix. Uh, in the postseason and that they could do damage. But they really, it would really be nice to see them actually win one of these kinds of series. You know, they went to Texas and got swept. They went to Vanderbilt and lost two out of three. You know, they did sweep Florida, and, and that was, there's definitely something to be said for that. But, you know, against one of these, you know, really premium teams, I, I, would, I would really like to see them, you know, find a way to, to win another one of those series. Uh, to to get a little more belief that they are in that upper echelon of the SEC as opposed to you know maybe more you know upper middle of the pack. Teddy, what is for you the dividing line between number one and number two with regard to Arkansas and Vanderbilt? How much separation is there in terms of which one of those teams is clearly better than the other? I mean, for me, Arkansas is the best team in the country. I've been pretty decided on that for, you have. I don't know, like a couple months now. I feel like it's it's been that way uh, for a while now for me. But, you know, I mean, if we're talking about, like, strictly poll metrics here, like if Arkansas were to lose this weekend, whoever won in Nashville would be number one. I mean, I still would believe, though, that Arkansas was the national championship favorite. And, you know, I, how close is that line? You know, I – I like what Vanderbilt is for sure. I just think that Arkansas is the deeper all-around team when when you when you look at them. That you know Vanderbilt with the one-two punch of Rocker and Lighter. I mean, yeah, that's that's outstanding. But uh, I, I just think that what Arkansas has depth-wise, both on the mound and in the lineup, is better. And I at that point, it's kind of more of a personal or, or philosophical preference as to to what kind of team construction, roster construction you prefer. 
So, so I could certainly get on board with you with regard to the, the construction of the lineup. I just don't think there's an easy out one through nine in that Arkansas lineup. They, you know, they've all got guys that are, or they've got what, half a dozen guys that are hovering around or just beyond 10 home runs. So they hit up and down the lineup. They get plenty of power. Here's what I'm wondering about Arkansas. And tell me if this is crazy to even be wondering. Usage rate for Kevin Copps. He's not a starter, so you're getting him more than once from a weekend. But I feel like when they run him out there, it's for two or two and a third or three and a third, and then they're running him out a second time. Do you have any concern about the usage rate during the regular season and whether or not he may run out of gas somewhere down the line? It's it's kind of a unique situation, what they're doing with him. And I don't... Personally, because I think like, I just trust what Arkansas is doing here. You know, they have a very advanced way of looking at pitching. Um, you know, they're not just they're not just looking at it and saying like, "Well, we'll ride it until the until he can't go anymore." You know, they're they're looking yeah. at it. Uh, you know, in in very much the the modern way of looking at everything and evaluating how all of his uh, you know metrics are, are continuing to progress and all that. So. I will trust that they know what they're doing. With that, I will, though, acknowledge that it's a unique way of, of using your top reliever. But I, I think that it just fits with the way Arkansas is managing their pitching staff as a whole, that you know they are not looking at this in any sort of traditional manner, and you know they're just going to get as many outs out of their best arms as possible. And Kevin Copps is going to wind up throwing like a starter load effectively. Um, you know, so there are guys in the country that are, are, are pitching that many innings, more than that many innings. And I, he is, if he goes, you know, in his really extended roles, he doesn't then come back, uh, again in the series necessarily. It's a little more often than Landon Sims comes in the game, certainly, but it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. That's for sure. One more Arkansas question, then I want us to turn the page to Nashville with regard to uh, to Mississippi State and Vanderbilt and, and kind of break down that series group by group. Um, is Dave Van Horn, and I know this is subjective, is Dave Van Horn the best baseball coach in America in the college game? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a tough one. You know, it's uh, it's really tricky to, to put him there because he doesn't have a national championship. Right. And... You know, if you if you just say like, well, let's ignore that factor. You know, he certainly belongs right there on the list with anyone else you want to talk about. Whether you want to talk about Kevin O'Sullivan or Tim Corbin or John Savage or whoever, like DVH is absolutely right there. But I think that you know, without that national championship, it just becomes a little harder for a lot of people to say, well, you know, he's he's here with uh, with the Tim Corbin who has with two of those things or whatever. And, you know, we, we saw this with Mike Martin over the years. And, you know, how do you evaluate a guy that has that kind of consistency and, and the most wins ever for a coach versus, you know, somebody that, that has actually, you know, finished the season as the number one team in the country. And, you know, I, I think the DVH belongs in the discussion. I don't know where I'd land on it versus him versus Corbin or Sully or, or Savage, but, you know, I, I think it's totally fair to to bring him into the into that uh, discussion. Do you not Corbin down a notch at all because he's playing with thirty scholarship players and everybody else is playing with like eleven to fifteen? 
I mean, I, the thing about that is that, like, not everyone is playing with 11 to 15. You know, I mean, it, it's it's so hard to, to worry well, about and that, that. And that's why know? I said to 15 instead of 11.7. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you look at what, what Sully has and, you know, what the Florida program is better than, you know, some other programs uh, in terms of scholarship rates and, and academic money and all the rest of that. Sure. You know, I think it's fair to, to bring it into question, but – you know, you still have to go out and, and do the recruiting and win the games. It's not quite as simple as uh, as just picking up the, the, the best players in the country. And the other thing that I would say about Corbin is that he built that place from basically zero. So maybe the next coach coming in I would look at differently. But with him and knowing, you know, that the program building got done by him, and where they took Vanderbilt from, and just look at Vanderbilt in every other sport, basically. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think that, that that definitely has to weigh in it, and maybe cancel out some of that that other. Um, you know, outside of the what's happening inside the, the the diamond stuff. Teddy, give me a two minute as detailed as you can breakdown of Mississippi State Vanderbilt. Well, you know, I love that they have ended each other's seasons the last few years. You know, not the, not the 20 <laughs> yeah. season, obviously, but I, I like that aspect of it. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's bringing something more to this. Uh, you know, the stakes aren't going to be as high as the Super, or, or they were in Omaha, obviously, but I like that aspect of it. I really like, though, the, um, you know, the, the, the matchup here is going to be very interesting because you've got – Vanderbilt with Rocker and Lighter, and, you know, they cover half of the innings. Of the 27 innings that, that they have to play this weekend, they are going to look for Rocker and Lighter to cover half of them. And the way Mississippi State plays is not like that at all. They are not looking for McLeod and Bednar to cover half of the innings. And, you know, they, they want to go to their bullpen. They're not afraid to go to their bullpen early and often. And so I like that aspect of it, just that, that it's coming at it from, from two different angles. I'm also going to be very interested to see how this Mississippi State lineup fares against uh, those two starters because the, the way that Rocker and Leiter have been beaten the last two weekends, the, the only two games that Vanderbilt has lost started by those guys, is that you, you, Georgia and Tennessee both hit three homers off of Rocker or Leiter, whichever one that they beat. And Mississippi State can hit some home runs. You know, I, I, I don't know what to think of, of Mississippi State's power, basically, because they, they, ran, they, they have 42 home runs on the year. That's pretty good. But it's 11th in the SEC. So aren't they going to have enough power uh, to produce the kind of game against Rocker or Lighter that it seems like you need to have to beat those guys? Certainly is going to be a fascinating series. You just can't help but hope that uh, that Landon Sims figures in one way or another. After watching him a couple of times last week uh, throw for twice on the weekend for the first time this year, man, that guy is as as much fun to watch as anybody that gets toes the rubber in college baseball. He is. He's really exciting, and you know, he, he, what a weapon for them to have out there. And you know, they they have so many guys in the bullpen that. Um, you know, you early in the season, I wondered would they need him twice in a weekend, but it, it sure looks like uh, he's capable of doing it, and and he he looked really good in that second outing. So, you know, however much they can get out of him this weekend, you know, they definitely would want to get him 
the lead, uh, put, put the ball in his hands with the lead. And if they can do that one or two times, I mean, they're going to feel uh, really good about no the chances. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a luxury out there. Teddy, thanks as always for your time and your insight. Fun weekend, and uh, we're all going to be watching. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Awesome. Thanks so much. From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs in Ridgeland and Brandon. Locally owned and operated with free mobile service in the Tri-County area. Just call them at 601-605-4443. Outside of the same congestion, it's getting a little bit heavier on Pearson Road northbound uh, just before I-20, as well as the traffic southbound on 49 in Ridgeland at Harper. Elsewhere, no other major problems. Please buckle up, drive safe, and have a great weekend. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call them at 601-353-5217. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. I'm Liz Brister with Entergy. Understanding your energy usage helps you reduce energy usage and your bill. Entergy's My Advisor dashboard gives you free online tools to help you save power and money. You can check daily spend levels, view current bill projections, and determine where your home uses the most energy. Simply log into your Entergy account online or through the free Entergy app. Start saving today at Entergy.com my advisor. Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call two men in a truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomenandatruck.com. Are you looking for a great new career? Ace Bold and Screw is looking to hire quality folks. Ace Bold offers great benefits and has been around for 50 years. If you are looking for a great career, call Human Resources at 601-355-3448. That's 601-355-3448. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Once again, our Second Amendment rights are under attack by a group of Washington politicians. Right now, we have a large selection of ARs and other popular self-defense firearms in stock. We also have a good supply of ammunition at the best prices in the area. Finally, many of you have asked me if my wife Jane had a problem with me talking about her on our commercials. She must like them because the other day she complimented me. She said I had the perfect face for radio. I hope to see you soon at the range. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. 
The Great American Cleanup has begun. It's the state's largest effort to prevent litter and beautify communities. Keep Mississippi Beautiful is working to expand our wildflower plantings across our state and to make Mississippi more beautiful. We encourage you to volunteer with us this year. And remember, cover and tarp your load and keep litter in its proper place. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.com. This is professional ball player Jake Mangum. I know what it's like to live, eat, breathe, and play in Mississippi. And no other insurance company competes on my level like Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. I love my home team at Farm Bureau because they get me and they get what I need. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. got a lineup in Oxford, not so much in Starkville yet. The social media team for Mississippi State has yet to put that online. So when they do, if they do it here in the next five minutes, I just checked my imaginary watch if you're on the stream, uh, I will bring that to you. But for now, I only have the Ole Miss lineup, and it is what fans have been clamoring for for weeks now. You finally get what most people think is the best nine, at least currently available without Tim Elko. Here's how they'll line it up tonight. Gonzalez will lead off, followed by Chatney, Graham, Dunhurst, Bench, Leatherwood will be DHing tonight. Kale Baker still at first, McCanson center, John Rice Plumley will bat ninth and has earned, uh, at least I think so, has earned the everyday role. If it were me, and I'm not the multi-million dollar baseball coach, if it were me, I would make one more tweak. Just one more. Uh, well, okay, maybe a couple. I'd put Plumlee in center, bring Cam, uh, excuse me, Graham, bring him down to first, D.H. Baker, and either put McCanton left or right and bring Leatherwood back in the field uh, whenever he gets healthy. He's DHing, so obviously they feel pretty good about uh, his ability to play, but when he's a full go, that to me is their best nine in their most efficient positions to win at the highest level. That's just me. But at least you're getting the correct nine on the field tonight. So we'll see if Ole Miss can bounce back after what is a frustrating four straight, fourth straight Series opening loss. Here's a text from the 601. Said turned in, uh, turned into pretty much a Friday tradition. I know the grill master has his toes or body buried in the sand, but anything going on the grill this weekend? I, I'll make that decision uh, sometime tomorrow. I guess I did ribs last weekend uh, on on the Green Egg. They were spectacular. I follow close to Malcolm Reed's method, really close. Um, I spray with apple juice and apple cider vinegar. He does just water. Um, 
But if you go to howtobbqright.com, he's got a couple of different methods. You can pick and choose your own. I obviously don't do his competition style because, you know, I'm not competing with anybody. Um, but I follow his method pretty close. Uh, I leave it on the smoker a little bit longer. So he does, and I, I, I watched one of his videos last night. Funny you, you ask, but he does... Hour 45 to two hours at 275 in the smoker. Then he wraps with butter and brown sugar. A little, he puts a, a barbecue sauce as well. And then he wraps in foil. I go two and a half hours at like 250. I try to keep the smoker even lower than that. Get a real good low smoke. And uh, I'll spray right around two uh, every hour or so, hour and a half. So a couple sprays of apple cider vinegar and apple juice mixed together. And then I'll wrap for the last hour or so, hour and a half. Uh, so I've tweaked it a little bit, but uh, that's the best. Um, Malcolm's the best. I mean, if, you, if you're wanting to do something on a smoker, go to his website, watch his videos. Uh, they're so detailed as well. He's the best. If I'm doing something on a smoker I've never done before, that's where I go, uh, without a doubt. He's not paying me for that. That's, that's a free endorsement. Um, yeah. Here's Jeff in Oxford. It says, Borky, I'd love to hear you call an Ole Miss game on the ESPN Network. Might that be in the works? Oh, no. Oh, no. I would love to myself, but uh, I can't even get people uh, to give me a shot at high school football, so I am uh, way down on the totem pole for that. I would enjoy the heck out of it. I'd love to do it, but no, they've... Um, They've got other people in mind, even for high school football around here. Uh, we get a text here from the 601. It's tough being an Ole Miss fan. Yeah, man, it, it, it's been a tough stretch for Ole Miss. But at least you should feel good about tonight with Doug Nikhazy on the mound. You should always feel good about a game in which Doug Nikhazy is uh, is on the mound. Uh, you respond say, thanks for the advice. Anytime, man. I, I think I can do pretty good stuff around the smoker. So anytime... Um, Aside from just going to Malcolm's website, I've got some methods that I've worked out over the years. Maybe uh, I'll bring you some more. Mike in Oxford says, not enough smoke. I smoke for six hours at 200. Man, I wish I could keep my egg that low. I've just, I have not done a good enough job uh, keeping it at that temperature and keeping it lit. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, I've tried. I can't keep it that low uh, at all. And uh, my best friend, the clown, um, Ends the show with a, a very nice text to me saying that person must be deaf. So I very much appreciate my uh, my fan here that listens six days a week and always has something nice to say. So he, he's a good one for sure. You guys enjoy the baseball. I mean, I think it's a free shot for Mississippi State this weekend against Vanderbilt. I think it's a free shot. Um, not a whole lot of pressure on the Bulldogs this weekend for Ole Miss tonight with Nikhazy on the hill. It's not a must win because it's not even May yet, but it's a guy to have it, and um, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will talk to you guys again on Sunday morning, but this show, of course, will be back at 3 on Monday. Y'all have a good weekend. Mississippi Media Production.